Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 55th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin, the gray-bearded host of this podcast and editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. We are here for the worst review named review series of all time. It's the finale of Socially and the Winter Distanced. I'm so happy this name will never be uttered again. And I am joined by the man who coined that phrase. And I have to say, if you listen to our last episode, and I made fun of him being a terrible gambler, but if he was laying money on all of the big reveals in the last episode, he would have been big money Manorino. He's the managing editor of the popbreak.com, reluctantly, of course. Al Manorino, you predicted so much last week, and we wrote you off as being a dum dum. But mm-hmm. in fact, you were the Modoc of us all. Well, the, the living the, brain. The true Modoc of us all is actually our special guest that we're going to get to in a little bit. Probably Modoc's number one fan, honestly. I'm up there. Yeah, oh, me yeah. and Ryan Panagos, and there's there's a couple others, but. And oh, Patton Oswalt, probably. And Patton, yeah. I would think Patton as well. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, and we're going to get into it on this podcast, but, but did you, man. Did, did you just really feel wish... like a dashboard confessional song? Did you feel vindicated? Um, if you've ever seen the the, the gif of uh, Raymond Holt from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Night when he screams, vindication, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how I felt. It was pretty great. We are joined in this finale of the Falcon and Winter Soldier review series by a man who doesn't want to be Ryan Barry, but he is. He's also America's sparkliest boy, drinking a chilled glass of Chardonnay. Mr. Ryan Barry, how are you, buddy? I am great. It's just a usual Tuesday, me alone at this kitchen counter drinking Chardonnay. So, beautiful. God, Ryan, like you're going to be, Ryan's going to be on this podcast a lot more. I have, we've had like almost every guest on this podcast so far being like, Ryan's great. You need to have him back. And I'm just like, correct. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. Ryan's great. You guys need to have him back because I'll forget (laughs) later. It's another one. Well, and the melodious tones of that voice (laughs) is someone making their debut on the podcast, but not a stranger to the popbreak.com. He is actually the former managing editor of the popbreak.com. He is the man responsible for way the, the way the site looks right now. Yeah. He is the brains behind the mega popular YouTube channel, Nando V movies. He is the host or at least co-host of the mostly nitpicking podcast with pop breaks, DJ Chapman and Chris Diggins returning after a lengthy tour of the subcontinents. Matt Kelly, sir, it is an honor to have you back. I'm so happy to be back. I, um, yeah, I don't have a, a chilled glass of wine. I'm drinking um, Coca Cola and I want to say John Walker, but it's actually Jack Daniels. Oh. Um, but however, in the comics, he changed his name from John Walker to Jack Daniels when he took a new identity. So it's still kind of relevant. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a true thing. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Yeah. This is like, well, I mean, yes. So we've referenced Matt a few times on this podcast. Definitely yeah. this review series, especially 
his very popular video, which we will link to in the description of this podcast and on the site about Sharon Carter. Mm-hmm. Never trust her. Never She's trust Sharon Carter. I mean, listen, She's also a doctor. She's also a resident with uh, that guy from uh, Gilmore Girls, um, Logan. What? And, and guess what? She <laughs> got revenge during this. this she episode. was not revenge. Oh, is that the revenge? Yeah. She That's got right. revenge with an eight. It's, you know, uh, but before we continue, I just want to say we we're all drinking. We're okay. Let me. We're all drinking. This is gonna be fun. Ryan mm-hmm. is gonna be the most responsible person on this podcast, I believe. If that's, that's we're all in danger. <laughs> this is the Titanic of podcasts. We're marking the one year anniversary of Pop Breaks. Uh, no, of the socially distanced podcast, famous uh, lost episode where I was completely annihilated. So <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a real roller coaster. As Matt said in the pre show notes not notes. It was just us talking. Uh, this whole podcast is going to be like the last 10 minutes of this episode. That's right. Just, yeah, it's basically like the ending of a fast and furious movie. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, so wait, before we get into it, I just want to say that, and I have to apologize to Matt because 55 episodes in never, never invited him on the podcast. And and the reason being Matt, I'm telling you this to your face right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like you that much. No, that's it's fair. Because, that's fair. No, I love Matt. Me and Matt have been friends for years, but honestly, the reason is because his YouTube channel, Danover's Movies, is so goddamn successful. He's got a Patreon. It's it's a lot of work, and I really didn't want to bother you um, with you know with the with the you know oh, I, two hours of nonsense. I'm well, so happy for two hours of nonsense per week is is very. It's almost like therapeutic at, at mm, this point. It's the reason um, we started the podcast. Yeah. yeah. This is so. We actually have a therapy set section in this podcast, but no, Matt, we, we wanted to find like the perfect role for you to get in there. All, mm. And this was like, we had to have you on for this one. I was, Al and I have been talking about having you on forever. So it's great to have you back. Of course, although Matt is not longer the managing editor of the podcast, I mean, you're also in our fantasy football uh, yep. every year and you auto drafted this year and beat the shit out of 90% of the league. Oh, look yeah. at that. Oh. <laughs> how was how my, how's my Oscar pool predictions? I you went in for that place, this year. Man. That's what I like to hear. But I have to say that was, a, you know, but you know, you know who was, you know, who wasn't in last place tied for second was big money Manorino who mm. guessed everything started, Tried to lose. started on ice cold. But uh, once they started getting the technical words, you were just racking it up. Buddy. I tried to lose. I'm like, I can't do another podcast. That's too much. <laughs> And I still got second I, I still place. I have three more to do this week. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! Oh gosh! It's only Tuesday. I know. <laughs> I have to talk wrestling like three more times, so it's not really a chore. It's not a job. It's not mm. a job. It's just <laughs> every day in my car talking to myself. So yeah. let's get into our first segment, which is, of course, the final debriefing mm. of this series. Of course, the debriefing is when I read the Wikipedia entry of the episode, just to catch everyone up. Because it's been a little bit since we watched the episode. Wearing a new Captain American uniform uniform and flight suit from the Wakandans, Sam Wilson flies to New York to stop the Flag Smasher's attack with the the help of Barnes, Carter, and Walker. Carter accidentally reveals... Oh, that's a that's a subjective thing. Mm. It reveals a lot of this already is subjective. Yeah. I know. But hey, listen, this is Wikipedia, not Bill Bodkin. It's it's law. Mm-hmm. Carter, quote unquote, accidentally reveals that she is the power broker to Batroc and kills him while Wilson attempts to 
reason with Morgenthau before Carter kills her as well. Wilson convinces the GRC to postpone the forced relocation of displaced people that Morgenthau died fighting for. Wow. <laughs> they condense so much of this episode into like two sentences uh, and instead makes efforts to help them. The remaining serum enhanced flag smashers are, are caught by Barnes and Walker and sent to the raft, but they are killed by Zemo's butler, <laughs> Zenic, and Root. I didn't even know he had a name. Uh, Val, I'm not calling her her last name, gives Walker a new uniform and code name, U.S. Agent. Mm-hmm. Barnes makes amends with everyone he hurt or enabled as the Winter Soldier, while Wilson has a memorial dedicated to Bradley added to the Captain America Museum exhibit. In a mid credit scene, after receiving a full pardon, Carter rejoins the CIA and intends to use this access to sell government secrets and resources. Wow, that Wikipedia entry sucked. Um, so that was the episode description, but I wanted to really go into our mandatory therapy session where we just start talking about some of the big points that happen here. The first point is, and this was what Al called Last episode, and, we're, and I know our podcast guru, Alex Marcus, was like, I will hate it if they do this. What did you guys think of the Sam Wilson Captain American uniform? Matt, you are our guest. Let's break it down. What did you think of this Cap Falcon hybrid uniform? I think it's pretty good, except for the shoulders. I do not like those shoulder there's little triangular shoulder pads that like kind of stick on and i don't care for it i like everything else about it i think it's insane that the first shot of it in like outside of like when he throws the shield through the window is in like a room flooded with red light because it looks really ugly in that room but then once it starts flying around and stuff looks awesome stood around a little bit too much in it afterwards and like i don't know just kind of there uh so you know captain america suits are never amazing when you're just just standing around but overall i think it was way better than i would have expected um you could train like um what's the word translate that to to live action i especially like the fact that the wings are uh seem to be vibranium and they're like pretty cool i like i like the way he uses the wings in this episode and i and i like the way he's used them throughout the series um to make it a little bit more of like a turn turn the action scenes into less of just a guy that can fly and a guy flying fighting with big metal wings uh so yeah overall i was pretty happy with it um and what was your thought about the return of al's favorite character in the entire series red wing Oh yeah. Well, is what? It, what, what is you the call Red Wing? Al, you're like he's got to come back. <laughs> There's multiple Red Wings now. So it's like Red Wing one, Red Wing two. Like, I I love the idea that he has a Red Wing. I kind of was hoping by the end of the show he would just have a bird as well. Like at his cookout, there would be a like a falcon or maybe like I don't know a canary or something that he just <laughs> that he just has. I want him to have. He has to have the falcon, and Bucky needs to have his beautiful cat. That he got in the recent comic run named Alpine, and they need to be friends uh, because that is nice for Bucky. He needs like a he needs he needs. And it would set up the pet Avengers. Exactly. We have yeah. so many pets in this universe now. There's yeah. the goose, the cat, the one that's an alien, the flurkin. Um, the flurkin. 
that big dog from that really crappy uh, ABC series. Lockjaw. Yep, you got Lockjaw, yeah. the teleporting Lockjaw dog. It was the one thing everyone loved from that show, mm-hmm. which I can't even remember the name of it. That's how good it was. Hawaii Hawkeye's International dog. Tour. Yep, Hawkeye Pizza Dog. We're probably going to get Frog <sighs> Thor. I'll put money down that we're going to show up in Loki. Yeah. Pizza Dog would be great. I mean, well, yeah, we're getting Pizza Dog, but I was also thinking, like, what a, like, you know how in Endgame they they made Thor 2, like, relevant? Like, the, the Thor, Thor the Dark World, everyone hated. It's a yep. shitty movie. But because it was written by Marcus um, and McFeely, they're like, hey, we're going to, like, make you, like, care about this just for a little bit it would be cool if they did that again with the inhumans but brought back lockjaw for lock bring back lockjaw specifically for miss marvel because there is a great arc where they kind of team up and i think that would be awesome they should do that because lockjaw again as you said is the only thing people cared about in terms of i just want uh lockheed to come in yep Because, like, listen, if you're just going to, like, introduce Captain Britain for, like, a minute mm-hmm. and then kill him off just so Kitty Pride has uh, Lockheed the dragon. Um, because, like, that's also the second, like, kind of quasi-X-Men reference. I, mean, I think I mentioned Alpha Flight in this series as you well. Have. You have. Oh, yeah. You know, so let's get Excalibur in this one. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Absolutely. There's I'm so just, many. I'm just remembering oh. all my Marvel cards at this point. <laughs> We're 10 years away from Excalibur. <laughs> The yeah, yeah. Pet Avengers. Pet Avengers, <laughs> though, hard. man, they're they're waiting. We got the Thor has a dog now in the comics. Like they're just throwing pets yeah. into the. Oh, and you can throw uh, 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 Bats the uh, the ghost dog. Yes, from from what about, Strange. What about Spider Ham? Spider Ham, oh, absolutely he's not or, a pet. Well, I mean, well, listen, he's an animal, and if we get him somehow, and John Mulaney is still the voice, win win. Yeah, but he's he's not a pet. That's like putting Rock and Raccoon there. He's not a pet. I neither is but I just want raccoon. <laughs> yeah, let's let Rocket Raccoon do it. I mean, Cosmo is in Guardians One. That's true. Walk by Cosmo. him in the collector's vault. Yeah. He's been introduced. Yeah, there's no Miss Lion though. That's the one that I feel like we need. And I don't know if they allow pets in that building that Spider Man lives in. But, I um, the duck. Oh yeah, that's oh. still not a pet. <laughs> but not pet Avengers. <laughs> you don't have to call it Pet Avengers. You can call it Animal Avengers. And listen, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That would be great having double a, having double a, like, Anderson. having Howard the Duck in the Pet Adventures is it would be so much fun because it would be like he knows he doesn't belong there. Everybody yeah. knows he doesn't belong there, but also they don't want to let him onto the Avengers. who's so kind of like at the kids' table of superhero things, and he's just like using his phone, and all the dogs are like sniffing him, and he's like, "Guys, I <laughs> I can be helpful. I'm from another dimension or whatever it is. I can't remember what's Howard the Duck steal." He's, he's, from like the, he's, from like the, he's from like the he's from like Duck World, isn't he? Right, he's from like a different world. He's from it's Duck just Berg? a different planet, right? Duck or, it's not Duckburg. It's not Duckburg. <laughs> I mean, now that Disney owns owns Harry the Duck, he could be from Duckburg. He could. Oh. Be. So I love Sam's costume. As, as <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to go to Ryan Barry right now. So Ryan. Uh, Howard the Duck aside, this is why we're not going to do pop culture recommendations in this podcast. Mm. Uh, Ryan. Just, Yes. What do you think of the Sam Captain America outfit? Uh, um, it was a nerd boner moment because I think it was pretty comic accurate. Very into it. But I will say, after watching Project Runway for like 12 seasons. As have I. I the neckline I, did look cheap. The neckline was, was tricky, yeah. There was a, they didn't make it neck, work. It's, it's like a, 
like a grinder photo, like neck down. <laughs> you just <laughs> everything. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't have a frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Google. you don't. So please, uh, um, so please expound on that. <laughs> no, but like um, the ear holes, I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't know. It was just a lot of this. Um, it did make it look very costumey, not um, like a not like uniform. Mm. If that makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, I think it will be a really cool costume to kind of see out in the world. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think what he did with like the wings and especially at one point, he kind of like turned into that little dome with the wings and the shield. Yeah, that's cool. Loved Very it. Very cool. I kind of love that he like he really has his like own take and his fighting style. So if that kind of helps elevate that with all of his McFalcons doing whatever, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, baby. <laughs> Uh, Alphonse Joseph Manorino, what did you think of uh, Sam's outfit? Uh, as previously stated, I loved it. Uh, I did. I, you know, I, I, there are some issues. I think the, I think both Matt and Brian brought up great points about just like it, it was like a little off. Like some, I think, I think it could have been a tighter fit. There was something along the line that it was like a little more bulky at the top, mm-hmm. which was which bothered me a little. Um, but it wasn't like like Cap's terrible suit in Avengers, which was so bad that they literally reference it in Endgame. <laughs> like it's the the worst suit costume ever. Um, I, it's far from that. I thought it was I thought it was super comic like accurate. It just it, it could be like a little tighter, um, less bulky. But I love and it hasn't been mentioned yet. The you know we we talked about how sam's we just fighting started the podcast, so don't blame it on that true <laughs> but sam's fighting style with the wings has been awesome the whole season like just getting to see him like use it in combat and not just in flight but the thing that really stuck out for me was when he was using the shield like he, we have to remember he is not a super soldier and he's captain america so it's not only he's the first black captain america he's also the first captain america that doesn't have the serum technically mm-hmm. um getting to see him use the wings to use the shield, like when it goes into the ground to like hold his ground. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a great way to like, you know, I don't have powers, but I'm going to use what I have to, to make it work. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I'm going to go with, with what Ryan was saying, the neck that, that the neck to the, to the face really does something about that. I was just like, this, is it because it's the same color? Is that why? I have to look at separate the, the pieces. Looked, there's a neck thin. piece and a collar, and there's like a there's it a texture like on the those, neck. It's like looks like one of those masks you would wear that that they told you please stop wearing those early <laughs> on. That it goes down the gators, to the gators, gators, but they just cut the the mouth out because they're like okay, they're not effective. Just cut the mouth out. Um, that didn't work for me. But everything else kind of did. I did laugh when I saw it, and not because I thought it was funny, mostly because of Alex's like, like visceral, like I would hate it if they did this with it. I did, I, I did have a little issue, I think with the multiple Red Hawks, especially when they're coming into out of nowhere, it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, we've got a bunch of them. They're going to help us with the armored car. I'm like, Hmm, <laughs> would have been nice if you explained that one. You had it before like this critical moment. What uh, if you went back and saw he had like a huge purse? 
Oh my god, yeah. So I didn't he see had, it he as had the Chewbacca, like <laughs> the Chewbacca burst. bandolier of bandolier. Just, yeah. I couldn't think. Of I it. didn't see it as multiple Red Wings. I thought it was just like Red Wing, just like splitting up. Oh, like, maybe. Take, like maybe. if you look at his whole jetpack, I feel like it was like just little ones, like like little like like almost separating. I still think it was Red Wing pushing it up. Every time That's I see it, I think right. of those. Uh, I think of those uh, Transformers. Actually, the Decepticons that were like the cassette tapes. Mm. Yeah, that they were just like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're just. I think of the entire plot from Far From Home, just uh, drones. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, drones yeah. the movie. <laughs> drones the movie. I, I mean, Al, how excited would you be if there was just a twenty-minute Red Hawk the movie short? Stop calling it Red Hawk. It's Red Wing. <laughs> I'm going to call it Red Hawk. <laughs> much like, the question a, was, much like, like in an episode that we recorded <laughs> next week, I get calling comic book issues episodes. I'm calling this the wrong name. So put some respect on the name. It's Red Wing. I would have, I would like, again, I think we talked about this way earlier in the review series, but the one thing I miss about the old Marvel Cinematic Universe was these short films that they would include on the DVD extras. So there was like uh, on the way to Thor's hammer. Mm. Um, there was like some mission file where it had uh, Jesse Bradford in it for some goddamn reason. There was a bunch of random ones. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there was an Agent Carter one too, right? Like a short that kind of right too. So they had all these really really cool shorts. I would like just a day in the life of Red Wing short. Make it happen. Like what? What? Is what is Red Wing doing when charging all day? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a like a Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you should call him Red Hawk because it's like he is he's he's been upgraded now. No, I mean, right. if anything, Red he would Wing. be Red Falcon. Then I would assume. I don't know sure. why we're throwing multiple birds into the mix here. Yes. Red, yeah, Red, he's Red, Red Chickadee, Red Cardinal. Yeah. He's just Cardinal at this point. Mm. Um, yes, that's I would nice. watch that. Yeah. I, um, one and obviously the big sell of this entire series or this entire season i should say and especially this finale is selling us that sam wilson is captain america we just had a you know literally i think was it the day of or like the day after we got the announcement that there is going to be hours into the day (laughs) as we've said on the podcast like literally every time from true detective time is a flat circle yeah and what is it uh so it was selling us that Sam Wilson is Captain America. And I guess that's the big question for you guys. Did this season and did this episode sell you on Sam Wilson, the character, Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie, the actor as Captain America? Matt, I'll start with you first. Yeah, I don't that's think I, a, see, that's a little well, it's it's, it's <laughs> intonation makes me question you a little bit. <laughs> it's more that I never needed to be sold on him as Captain America. Oh, I wow. guess did the episode sell himself on Captain America? And then it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I think he I think throughout the series, it's just been this weird push and pull with like all of these other factors that are either kind of forcing him to be Captain America or making him, you know, not want to take up that role. So I think the series up until episode, like the end of episode five, put him in a place where by the end of five, I was just like, yeah, he's Captain America. It's like, he'll put on something that makes him look more like Captain America from a distance. But like, I, I buy it. Um, 
And, it, you know, his little speech in this episode, I guess, was kind of Captain America-y, but I don't think it was any more Captain... I, like, I think his... It, I don't think it's like an arc where over the course of this season, he's like, I'm not going to be a good Captain America because I have all these chips on my shoulder. It's really just like, I don't think it's a good idea for me to be Captain America today. And then everybody has to convince him to. So, yeah. the in a, Like, I think he is a... I think he's a good Captain America, and I think his... Captain America ing in this episode was solid uh, and has been solid throughout the the series. Ryan, same question to you. I I do like that this was like an opportunity to sort of enrich his origin story as Captain America. I think that that is I think that's great, and that of course, yeah. I heard Captain America Four was coming out. Take my money. Like, I will be there on opening night. No issue. I am, I think I'm just excited and curious to kind of see what plot they're going to be putting him into. Um, And I don't know if that's going to kind of link up to other characters who were in the series, like Zemo and Sharon. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, do I think that he's he's ready to be Captain America? Of course, Steve picked him. This was his whole journey on of whether you know he was ready or not, and he is. And and uh, I think he's going to do a great job. But I will say, I think I'm more excited to see what other characters do link up. It, it you know, mm. Sharon interests me a little bit more. Um, You're going to get definitely, yeah, yeah. But it's just it's sort of these these elements where I'm like. Um, you know, how else everyone got like a nice little ending, but I I do want to see the whole picture, not just Captain America, but I think it'll be fun. I think. Yeah. Al. Yeah. I, I think they did a great job at, you know, providing the trajectory for Sam to realize that he not only deserves to be the next Captain America, but he needs to be because he learned so much from Steve. He learned the great parts about Steve and he already had some great in him. Like the, you know, we talked about it way earlier in the podcast about how we're first introduced to Sam is he is a war veteran who is helping other war, uh, helping other veterans, you know, in therapy and trying to help them adjust to life post-war. Like that's such a compassionate element that, you need to be Captain America, right? I, I think that was the thing that was quote unquote like missing from John Walker. John Walker was the perfect soldier, but he wasn't the perfect Captain America. And I think that's one of the things is like, you know, um, the compassion to to look outside the war aspect and help the person. And that's why, you know, Sam's connection with Carly wasn't just from like an outside looking in perspective. It was just like, I need to understand why you are doing this. And that was a big part of it. So I think the bigger question for me is um, how does the winter soldier move on from here? How does Bucky move on? Right. The winter soldier is such a bad connotation. Like he is known as like a mass murdering assassin mm. i feel like he needs a new moniker i think it's kind of weird that he hasn't dropped it um because i, I, I don't think spring he's, officer i don't i don't think he's reclaimed it i guess from the end of this i think he's in a better place obviously he's smiling now 
awesome. I'm really happy about that. I need more Sebastian Stan smiling. He's such a beautiful man. But I don't think I don't think we got the closure about just the name. I honestly like be the white wolf, be something. I just just strange like it's I guess it's like John Walker can like insisting he's still Captain America. He's not. He's USA, you know, he's US agent now. He's transitioned to like, I can't be Captain America. I have to be something different. Yeah. I think we, we should have got like something very, like that. With- very not awkward line of he's the US agent. That was mm-hmm. really <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were always going to get something. It was never going to be a great it, transition. It's the, fam- it's the family it's guy. Honest, but it's it better than... Oh, he said it. It's better, though. Like, all right, you can say it's awkward. You can say the line reading is bad, but it's it's better than not mentioning it all. No, no, no. It's which happens a lot in superhero movies or comic book adaptations. Like, don't they not say Venom at all in Venom? Hmm. Like, isn't that a thing? I mean, Eminem says it a lot during the credits in his rap song, as <laughs> I think to compensate for that. But outside of that. Oh, no. I just assume that the the rap song is what he hears as he walks down the street. Everyone just, just all seeing times. him far away just go, Venom, 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 Venom. Do you not walk <laughs> well, that into it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they had to say it because just, just give fans what they want, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But, so. I come from a different perspective from all y'all, and I always say y'all after a couple whiskeys, is I did not finish the MCU, and that is not a, that is a... Uh, it's not new. It's not new. It's been stated multiple times, mostly because I had a kid, and I got, I fell behind. And my goal for 2021 is to finish off that phase one, and I will. And so for me, I wasn't like as... You know, it's like, oh, obviously, I didn't really know that Captain America had passed the shield on to Sam. I didn't know any of that until I started watching the series. And so for me, it was more of a, okay, we're going to sell Sam as Captain America. And I felt like for most of the series, and we've mentioned this on this on this review uh, podcast multiple times, that Sam kind of took a back seat for a long time. And it was kind of this slow burn up, up until episode five where he's talking about becoming Captain America. And I thought they did an excellent job of, of portraying him as being the guy who was going to become Captain America because, as mentioned last episode on this podcast, was that John Walker is very much a representative of a certain political party who wears loves to wear red hats, who is dying to go back to a time where America was great, and John Walker was like kind of this embodiment of that, but the super patriot, the super patriot. But we don't realize that because of the whole Isaiah Bradley storyline kind of, you know, blows that up of how the American government was treating a black man so terribly. But uh, Sam Wilson completely in, from my mind, you know, is a I wrote through uh, the finale review parallels Steve Rogers as he was not pre-serum. Steve Rogers was not the choice for to be Captain America. Neither was Sam Wilson. You know, physically and for various reasons, obviously skin color, as we've seen, you know, or we can infer at least. And he ends up being the right guy in that 
that speech, which a lot of people like when I first read when I first heard it, I'm like, man, that could be really conceived as like corny and forced and just like super pie in the sky. But that's a Captain America speech to the T. And Sam gets it's like point break. He doesn't live to get radical. He gets the spiritual side of things. And that thank you, Ryan, for laughing. And that is why. <laughs> He's Captain America because he gets the essence of what it means to be Captain America. He is not the physical embodiment of what the United States wants Captain America to be, but he's the heart and soul of what a Captain America should be. And I think he did that very well in that speech. And so I think like for me, I was totally sold on that because going into it, I wasn't thinking this series was going to be a replacement for Captain America. Again, guy didn't finish the MCU. I thought it was just going to be, Hey, here's this MCU series. It's going to be a buddy cop series, but they did so much more with it. So for me, I thought they totally sold it on. And the like hours after the premiere aired, it's like, Hey, the writers of the series are going to do the movie. I'm like sold. I'm in. Give me a ticket. Day one. Just like you, Ryan. So yeah, we will be going together. Yes, we will. And and, and, let's talk about the Isaiah Bradley scene. Yeah, uh, to me, which I think is one of the best, was was one of the most emotionally impactful uh, parts of the episode. So, Matt, just like your your breakdown of that scene and how you felt watching it, especially when it went from Isaiah's bra- backyard to the Captain America exhibit. Mm. I thought it was. Pretty good. Uh, I liked the bit. I, I liked the bit in the backyard where they were just talking. Um, the the mon- or the the bit in the um, in the Smithsonian felt like nice, but I think I just liked. I, I liked the fact that in the end of the episode, even by the end of the series, uh, Isaiah Bradley wasn't like not convinced, but he was just like kind of begrudgingly like all right this isn't the dumbest idea i've ever heard of but Mm -hmm. still like watch out buddy i like i like that his i like that his character i I, someone had texted someone else i forget who um had texted me but like they were worried that he was just gonna look at the camera or look at the tv during the speech nod and then like that would be it and it would be like good he has gotten the approval of the other black captain america but there was like there was a little bit more nuance than that um and uh so yeah i like that part i think he i th- i think i think it was good i i'm like i i know you guys talked about this last week cuz it's the truth um the storyline um i was kind of expecting some more of that where we saw some of that or something maybe even just pictures in the monument of him doing Captain America inning, like during the Korean War. Right. Um, so it's kind of a little bummy didn't get that. But otherwise, I like the, the the conversation was good. So that's interesting you say that because last episode, one of the big compliments we gave of uh, of that episode was we didn't go to a, you know, very Marvel-esque, like, we're going to show you exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Did you want to see more of that from Isaiah Bradley? Did you want to see scenes of him being a super soldier. 
I guess if the if the show is going to put a monument to Isaiah Bradley being Captain America in the Captain America Museum, I feel like that monument should have him being Captain America or should include images of that because it was just some guy standing around. Like it, they're just in. I kind of felt because you you figured okay they're going into the they're going into the Captain America wing the Smithsonian. One of two, maybe three things is going to happen. Maybe they're going to see Steve Rogers here, and that would be a little weird. Like I wouldn't expect that, but so maybe. Weird. He's, Maybe he's hiding. Well, I don't know. Is Steve Rogers dead? Uh, like, right? So, question. can we save that for later? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, I could see, I could see that happening. I could see, you know, some like kind of what we got, where it's the, um, you know, just the statue or another kind of like, I don't know, something a little bigger with more detail in it, um, showing that. You know, he wasn't the first because because the I don't remember what the monument said, but I don't think it was like before, you know, like in the 60s or 40s or whatever, there was another Captain American. He was black. I feel like it was just like this is a monument to all the men who lost their lives. And I think the way that they describe like, the way that he describes it in the soliloquy that he does which probably will get him an emmy nomination and it should right from episode two or from like episode in- uh, from five from truth oh from five okay yeah um i think what he basically said is they experimented on a bunch of people right a bunch of uh black soldiers um i don't think he ever was quote-unquote captain america which right from truth the, the the comic series which was adapted he was he was a black captain america I think in the in the in the story of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe that he was experimented on for the Super Soldier program, and he was used as a Super Soldier. But I don't think he ever like wore the stars and stripes. So it's more of like a he was a um, you know a Super Soldier, a forgotten hero, or you know um, you know be, because yeah. of the U.S. government, because of that. So it's more of like. You know, they buried they buried him because of his skin color and because of what they did to him. And he also right. because he defied orders. Right. And he, def- he did a mission orders. to save his friends or President like the other POWs. Yeah. I guess Correct. I just wish that monument had him presented as more of an equal and less of a like supporting player in Captain America's story. Because it felt kind of like here it's you. Yeah getting your honors next to Captain America. And here's a billion pictures of him do Captain America doing backflips with the shield and you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. I thought the, the end part was fine. I like the part where they were talking a little bit more. I, I will say one thing before, before we move on as my dog is crying for me. Um, well, if you think, if you think of the Captain America museum, because they show little glimpses of it, right. It would be in the beginning as they're walking, you see the history of like the forties cap. I would think that this is the 60s cap, this right. history, mm. and then you would see the continuation of when he comes back from frozen ice because you could see glimpses of like the Avengers logo and things like that. So think of it yeah. more as like not the the museum is just about him in the 40s. It's about the entire history of Captain America. And this is a whole, you know, forgotten part of that history. Right. That's how I viewed it. Right. Give it. Yeah. So think of that scene, but given what Matt and Al have said, like, how do you feel about this scene? Yeah, it's weird because I did, I really loved it. It was my favorite scene out of the whole episode. Yeah. Um, and then watching it again, again, it was very emotional. 
love Carl Lumley. He's like holding his grandson's hand. It was just like, ah. And it's weird because this was such a dark part of his life that sort of Sam turned around, even though, even though it is very small, you know, I feel like there was a little bit of, of light shown on that. And that's, that's all he wanted. But Isaiah Bradley is, is technically deceased, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. Right. So um, I don't know. I think maybe if there was more kind of like shown on that, I don't know what that would lead down the road for him. You know, if people are digging into who he is personally, maybe where he is, is he still alive? Something like that. Um, Wanting to like learn that history. And I, I imagine Isaiah probably just wants to leave that where it is, but I think even like that, that smallest part of recognition, of course it should have been deserved in full at the time when it was happening. I I just kind of loved that. Even that, that little thing that Sam was probably able to do for him. um, It probably just meant the world, you know? Um, But I did, it was my favorite scene. I thought it was. I was going to say, I I watched it a second time today before the mm. podcast because I just wanted to to be ready because I knew Matt was on the podcast and he was going to just know his stuff and I had to to, to compete with him. But, okay, yeah. <laughs> for me, I don't compete with any of you. I was going to say I'm not competing. It's like whatever, brother. You guys no. are all smarter than me anyway. I'm just I'm the genius for <laughs> well, just you all way together. Uh, yeah, I'm I was smarter. That's true. I was looking at the um, I, w- I want to say plaque, but it's not really. It was more of like a big giant. Like it's a statue, statue. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. There was the statue, and then there was the whole thing next to it with the the, the words mm-hmm. next right. to it. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. You see what it said? What was that? Did you see what it said? Well, that's what I was, I was trying to see. Like a like when he was born to when he died, and I didn't see that at the top, which would you would normally see. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't because Sam knew that he wanted to stay, but Sam said that he would. He said, don't bring it up. Don't do anything. I don't want anything. Right. And Sam did it anyway. So I'm just wondering, like, maybe no, I don't there think, is. I think he would keep him dead because, like, for really? me. You no, know, because think about this. Because he said if they they would try and find, the government would try and find him. Yeah, but if, if okay. If Sam comes up to the government, which is responsible for the Smithsonian, said, hey, you should fucking. Well, the government it, it embodied by, like, the shittiest dude ever. Like, that guy was just like. Hey, can we find the most unlikable guy? Yeah. He's going to be the guy who's going to be oh, our point man. No. Everything terrible. But yeah, but like what I'm saying is like Isaiah said, like don't tell anyone. Right. I, I want to stay dead, all that kind of stuff. And he completely ignores that and tells the government, Very basically, hey, you need to recognize this. I'm your new Captain America now, whether you like it or not. And Isaiah Bradley sacrificed his life in 30 years you need to make a monument for this motherfucker. That's the same concept of saying like, he's alive. I know it because I just met him and I'm telling you all this information. I think he's alive in the context of the government knowing. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, that's what I got from that. Maybe it's, it's that's an impossibility. I don't think it's the he- biggest takeaway from that though. I think. No, was- not at all. It could be. Maybe. Because remember his grandson, we've, we've talked about before. Becomes Patriot. Yeah, exactly. Or is this a, is that his grandson or is that his nephew? And I'd say, hmm, because I his mean, wife died and he never talked about having a son. But 
doesn't Patriot have some super soldier serum like passed genetically yeah. down to yes, him? So I don't know if they changed it in this so that he's his uncle. I think he's usually his grandson. But also in this, I think he fought during, like I think we can the see Korea. that he fought during the Korean War. And yeah. in the comics, he fought during World War II. Um, so he would, you know, be might as well be a different guy as far as like the age and, and family and yeah. stuff is concerned. I, I think for me, watching this scene uh, was the scene I uh, viscerally cried at multiple times, and I am more than secure in my my personhood to say that. Yeah, I it is like it was. It, it's a, such a great scene, like that. This man, and we've talked. We last episode we talked about Carl Lumbly was amazing in his performance, and you're looking at this Emmy worthy, like legit Emmy worthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. legit Emmy worthy. And you're looking at this man who's Carl Lumbly embodies. He's such a he's such an imposing physical presence, even despite his age or how they've aged him, I should say. Uh, that every word he says is both imbued with anger, which you can feel just from his physical presence, but sadness from his eyes and how he says things. And I think to see him recognized, I think is one of the be- one of my favorite MCU quote unquote, you know, just embodying now television and film. One of my favorite MCU moments in general, because it's just like we're taking a man who was forgotten by history and honoring him. And now, of course, this is fake Marvel history, but, you know, we've seen this happen before now. I mentioned this in the podcast is going to air in a week or two about Watchmen talking about Black Wall Street. And how we're we're remembering a moment in history a lot of us have forgotten, or we're we're exploring a moment in history a lot of us have forgotten, and this is the same exact thing happening fictionally in the MCU. Mm-hmm. We're now, and while that was never really uh, honored in Watchmen, it's honored here, and I think that's a huge moment. I think it's really awesome to see that, and I think it it definitely it also especially when you watch that episode five and he's saying no self-respecting black man would become Captain America. And then you see Sam become Captain America. It means more, especially when he honors him. And I also love the fact that, you know, we get to see Sam just get taken down by a father figure, essentially, or a grandfather <laughs> figure, essentially just like, he's like, well, you're not, you know, it's not, you're not Malcolm or Martin. But you know, you did all right. Mandela. Yeah. Mandela, you did all right. And I was just like, that's that's such a great, like, intimate um family moment. And I thought that was like a great moment for this series to like kind of pass the torch on to Sam as Captain America as well. So let's let's move on to uh something Al was super right about and everyone else on this podcast was super wrong about, and that was the power broker. Now, uh, Matt, let me go to you first. Yeah. Uh, was that you, Matt? Yeah, it was me making that okay. sound. That was like, uh. so, so I don't know if you listened to the last episode or not. If you did, I did. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you, sir. So hard. <laughs> I had to get, I wanted to get a sense because I was talking to the, the guys before. Sometimes you'll go on a podcast and they'll spring kind of like topics on you that it's like, all right, time for the part of the podcast where we read the essays we all wrote beforehand. And you're oh, like, oh, no. So this is, so this is <laughs> yeah. not that podcast That's in 20 minutes. We are very <laughs> explicit on everything we do because uh, we just assume no one listens. Uh, so 
Oh God, I totally forgot what it was. Okay, power broker. Power broker. So, yeah. Al, you said Sharon Carter, obviously is the power broker, and I and Ryan Barry, Alex Marcus, were like, "You silly, silly boy." Silly, they would not silly. be so obvious with it, especially when because this scene was so oddly shot, where she's on the phone with George St. Pierre of UFC fame. <laughs> we're cutting to all her artwork, <laughs> and we're all like. Okay, Julia Louis Dreyfus is just going to walk out at some point, right? Wrong. <laughs> so she, as Wikipedia said, accidentally reveals herself as the power broker. No, she did not. She purposefully mm-hmm. revealed herself as the power broker. Yeah. First off, uh, Matt, from the jump, who did you think the power broker was? And what was your opinion on the reveal? I guess original, I think. If you asked me in episode three who I thought it was, I'm sure I would have guessed it was Sharon just because she was like the only figure that existed in the MCU. Although I think I guess if I took a little bit longer, my and I like I think it makes more sense for it to be so many other guys. I think uh, General Ross is the best version of the power broker where he is up to something like here's my problem with Sharon Carter power broker and it's it's more just like okay so she's the power broker who cares like what does that do (laughs) for the story what is she after why should we be worried about her whereas with someone like General Ross or with like uh, I don't know and and another character um that has been kicking around it's like oh he's a power broker because he's using that to create another Hulk or he wants to make his own super soldiers. But like with her, it's like she wanted, to, we, we have her talk to what's her name to Carly a little bit in the, like yeah. in the sewer or whatever. Um, And it's like, Oh, I, we could change the world together. Yeah. yeah. It's like, do you really want to do that? Who gives a shit? Mm. Do you want, what do you want? A pardon? Who cares? Like you're just a person like that. You don't have a, ideology or any backstory that makes this interesting it right. might as well it she might it as well like, what's up i thought because they went to latvia or some version of latvia i was yeah. like oh it's gonna be dr doom because he's from sort of kind of latvia and sort of kind of yeah there are a couple big differences uh well, I mean, basketball it's, players it's, more robots yeah it's from the it's from the it's from the former iron curtain uh-huh and, and I'm just like, okay, he could be a power broker. He could be some. He was someone who was like interested in like super soldiers, and like you could sort of introduce him as a he's a big bad going forward for the MCU. I'm like, okay, that's a cool way to introduce him, as opposed to him being like a teenage dude in that last one. Mm-hmm. That did, you know, I think the case for him. him. I was I was gunning for Ross or like the leader, I think was another one I heard thrown out that was like, oh, that'd be an interesting power broker. The problem with that, with the leader and with Doom is they should be smart enough to do it by themselves. So the question is, like, what character is mainly organizing? Like, does, you know, and I I don't think like I think Sharon, based on the logic of the show, is the makes the most sense. It she might as well have said, you know, it's me, I'm the power broker, or I'm Dr. Nefarious, and you're it's the same thing. We don't know anything about her. She doesn't she doesn't matter, you know. But she isn't it's not even like at the end when it's revealed that she is the power broker. She she gets on the phone and does an equally 
like kind of nothing like, oh, let's just wait until we figure out what we're doing next season. And then <laughs> I'll be an alien or a warlord or I'm going to make a, a, you know, another super soldier. I want to be Robert Redford now. You know? Yeah, it's just. <laughs> but who I, doesn't want to be Rod Re- Robert Redford in real life? I That's a good point. Speaking of Watchmen, maybe more Robert Redford in the world, the better, you know. Exactly. Um <laughs> President Rod for President Robert Redford, Redford born. Yeah. But overall, I think I think it makes sense. I think it's a smart like I think from from the show, it makes the most like taking everything that's presented. Sure. I wish it would I kind of wish it was Zemo or something. He was just fucking yeah, with us the whole time. Like yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, can I curse on the show? I didn't I didn't ask that before. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, bro. But <laughs> yeah. I just for you, right? <laughs> But also, like, the power broker in the comics is just a guy. Like, he's not, like, a guy that matters. He's just a human being whose job is the power broker. So, you know, it's not like it's, like, who's secretly the Green Goblin? And it's like, oh, no, all the history we're going to have to deal with. It's like, yeah, you might as well, you know, it might as well be the Sharon Carter. Same amount of importance. I'm going to jump in real quick because, like, I think one of the things we talked about last episode was like, we're all like, yeah, if it's Sharon Carter, yeah, fucking fine. It's Sharon Carter. Right. By the way, you can curse on this podcast. And it's like, but I hated the reveal because yeah. it's just like, mm-hmm. if you cut out that fucking awkward, and now I'm, I want to swear. So I just opened the door. Yeah. I just the forbidden door. Power broker always brings it out of people. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, just like, the worst. It's just like, don't have that scene last episode. I understand you want to create this like, oh, which way is Sharon going to go type of bullshit. But it's like, if she show if if you don't have that scene where she like contracts Petrock to go to the Flag Smashers, and she just shows up and is like Sharon's the power broker, and you have the same exact mm-hmm. dialogue, it would have hit so much harder. Instead of like, oh, there's that awkward scene where maybe she was the power broker and maybe not. Mm-hmm. Like I thought she was the power broker because in the beginning, because it was like, oh, she's the person who shot the character everyone thought was a mutant in episode two or three. Because everyone's like, that's the mutant, and I'm like, stop with the fucking mutants. It's gonna be its own thing. Ken Grandpierre, I love you. This was not going to be the episode that it was going to happen in. Oh, series, I should say. But it was like, it's such so anticlimactic, I thought, in a certain respect. And I'm just like, okay, cool, it's Sharon. Don't show that scene from last episode. Like, just don't. Because it makes, it's more impactful if you show, if it's just like, like an out of nowhere type of thing. Because that's like, guys, did you see the usual suspects? Did everyone on this podcast see the usual suspects? Mm-hmm. Right. No. Did you not? You'll never guess who's the bad guy. <laughs> right. You watch the movie and it line. won't even make any sense. That's uh, <laughs> a good so upstanding it's like hero. The, it's the it's the Kaiser Soze reveal. It's just like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, that's who it is. Fuck. Oh, I didn't see it coming. Instead, you're just like kind of telegraphed it. And I'm like, yeah. Marvel wouldn't be that dopey to telegraph it that blatantly. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of did. By the way, I didn't reveal who Kaiser Soze was for you, right? Watch the usual suspect. It's Sharon Carter. It is. Can't trust Sharon her Carter in is, anything. She's, she's in, in every movie. It's like, yeah. yeah. You know, in 1994 or five, when that movie came out, a very young Emily Van Camp was. She's like, eight. Yeah. She's eight. 
And like, huh. it, it launched the career of a really awesome douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We try not Sep- to. Several that. really, du- several douchebags. Like Behind and in front of the camera. Yeah. Yes. You can't watch yeah, that movie anymore. We don't want to yeah. talk about who directed that film. That that's, that's what I'm saying. I that, wasn't even talking was about the actor. Up on. I was oh, like, God. Hmm? I heard the actor you're talking about. No, I was talking Kevin about the director. Spacey? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe they can get Tignataro in there too. Is that how yeah. we're gonna do? Can we digitally now? just Tig? So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's that, get the Tig. That's my Zack Snyder movie. Like that's the one I'm excited for. I don't give a fuck yeah. about Justice League. That could suck it. Tignataro as a part of a team with Batista. Yes. Yep. And they're Make killing zombies. Happen. God bless. God bless yeah. everybody. That's soon, right? That's like in a month. That's in Memorial so. Day weekend. Oh my uh, god. Which and is like amazing. a month. Yeah. No, which is shit. Lucky us. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's coming to my house for a barbecue. Uh, yes. Um, Al, since you were so utterly right about Sharon Carter being the power broker, just like just do your end zone dance. Do your icky shuffle. I mean, I, I have which like, you won't know what it is, but I have way too much to say about this because Well it, say it, dude. All right. Well, first off, I think you, I, you, you shit on the reveal. <laughs> I did, and we taught you said save it for the podcast. I did save it for the podcast. Well, because I, I think episode five was the reveal. Like it was the reveal. Like it's it's showing you like, hey, just just so you know, Sharon Carter is the power broker. Like we're leading you into the so you know in the sixth episode that her being there. She might have some ulterior motives, not just helping Sam and 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 Bucky. So I, I think the reveal itself, while not the best, was the reveal. It this it wasn't the sixth episode that gave us the actual power broker reveal. Like as I said in the last episode, I'm like, oh, that's it. Like they told us. Like it's it's her. It it makes all the sense. And then from like an actual like, like storytelling perspective. This is like classic Spider-Man villain creation. Like it's it's like the reason I'm going to be bad now is because you made me bad. And like we don't have that a lot in the MCU proper. Uh, as I said in previous episodes, like a heel turn, right? You know, a, a good guy becoming a bad guy. Um, Sharon Carter was in essence like the the you know ideal shield agent like she's worked for nick fury she's worked for the u.s government or whatever and she worked and fell in love with captain america and then got fucked over and completely um you know wasn't able to return to see her loved ones or be in the country that she was born in for at least five plus years maybe i think eight i would i would safe safe assessment so oh wow she has motive Holy shit, guys. No way. So it makes total sense that she is the power broker. If she's actually a scroll or oh, whatever. That was my next question. Yeah. Mm. If if she's a scroll, also makes sense. Uh, Great. They can make it make sense uh, either way. But I I just I think any other option would have been like either ham-fisted or dumb. Like I not not to say Matt's. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross being a dumb opinion is just like 
it's literally in his name. Like we're going to see the fucking Thunderbolts. Like oh, he, doesn't need, he doesn't need to be the power broker. He can lead or be in charge of the Thunderbolts. And that kind of sets it up a little bit, whether it's the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers, like his involvement is still very prominent in the MCU proper. We saw him in fucking Endgame. So I, I just who didn't played, see who played him though in Endgame. Cause same guy. You, oh yeah. It's, it's still, William it's still Hurt, him, right? It's still William Hurt. I mean, and he was going to be in Black Widow too, which was the other reason I was like, oh yeah, that guy's going to be it or something. Yeah, he's, yeah. We're going to learn that he's just been chasing super soldier serums around the world. And he wanted the one that was in, you know, the guy from Stranger Things. And now he wants this, like he tried to make one. Also, but I don't remember, was he dead? Did he get snapped? I can never remember who did and didn't get snapped. Who, Thunderbolt? Yeah. No, he didn't get snapped because he's in, he's literally in Endgame. Is he? He's yeah, at the he's funeral. No, well, yeah, obviously he's in the funeral, but in the beginning, when, um, when, oh shit, wait, is he in Endgame? I think you're thinking of Infinity War. Oh, I think I am thinking of Infinity War. Yeah, like I feel like he's one that they could decide today. He got snapped, oh, and we'd all have yeah. to go like, yeah, I guess he did. Not I sure. Did. Haven't heard anything. From I mean, him. I don't think he would show up in like the files of like all the people who disappeared. Right. Like I they would. don't care enough about him. But yeah, no, I just I, I feel like, and then. The way that they set it up, specifically at the end, with U.S. Agent and Madam Hydra mentioning Zemo, like that's just an indicator that Zemo is going to be a part of this, you know, anti-superhero team or, or you know, anti-heroes or whatever. Um, and I hope we get to talk about John Walker a little more in this podcast. But I mean, yes, yeah, it just it just made so much sense that it was going to be Sharon because everyone else kind of had their own roles already assigned for their future just leaving zemo alive gives us the indication that he's going to have involvement and same with john walker and same with um you know julia louise dreyfus and again thunderbolt ross like we it just makes so much sense in that context and i just love the idea of sharon being the first quote-unquote hero to become bad is sharon carter a scroll and i'm going to tell you why i fucking hate this because it's just like (laughs) i have read secret wars the the original comics yeah bill bod can write a fucking comic everybody yeah i know about secret wars um it's just like god damn it is this the cop-out answer for everything where it's gonna be like scroll because i hate it i hate it it's just like talk to somebody else talk to i i I, like ultimately i would love for her to be like hey she's on the phone with julia louis dreyfus and we could get this a whole series about them being best buds trying to overthrow everything because that'll be fucking gold but if everyone's a scroll i mean we saw at the end of wandavision and i had if you listen if anyone's listened to the finale review of wandavision where al desperately defended where me cat and cole were like fuck you why have you done so many things that I don't understand? And these things are plot holes. And why is goddamn Darcy taking out uh, Admiral Douchebag, um, whose name I already forgot? Um, it's just like everyone can't be a scroll. That can't be your cop out. Like have her be a thing. Like yeah, bad. Have yeah. her be bad because she like as someone mentioned before, alcohol, sorry, I can't remember names, is 
motivation. She has the motivation to be a villain. Al, you'll take the credit. I will so, take the credit because, again, I did not like the Secret Invasion storyline in Marvel Comics. I thought it was not that it was a cop out. It's just they they like years. It, they built it for like three years and it was just a giant letdown. Like, oh, great. Wasp is back. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. Like, I don't care. Wow. Like, wasp erasure. It just, it just like that was the big thing. Like it just like oh happy happy Hogan is a scroll. No, like it just it just it just Hogan's a scroll. Hulk Hogan is a scroll. That would be better. Mm -hmm. It just it just (laughs) wasn't. I would take a, that over the current incarnation of Hulk Hogan, where he's just obviously racist. And it was just a big letdown. Allegedly, he is. Um, I just hope they do it better in the Disney Plus series. They will. They will. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want her to be a scroll because it's just like just make her a bad guy. She has motivation. She 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 can yeah. tell government secrets. She's the power broker. Like she now has everything at her fingertips. You know, she's going to be the new Pierce. You know. That'd be fine. I like. She's that. not Hydra. I like. I just like that no, there no, no, is no. A, I mean, there is an entity at play, like someone who <laughs> wants world power. Exactly. No, no, no. I'm saying for just just the fuck of it. Like I love that. I, I like that. Uh, idea. Stop. I, and Pearson is <laughs> Hydra. <laughs> this is the this is the podcast, by the way. Dad's dynamic as humans uh, is that Pierce, like in the fact that she's a double agent, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's giving these state secrets to someone else. Now mm. she's giving them to the highest bidder. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Don't make her a fucking alien. Yeah. What I'm saying mm-hmm. because it's just like that's such a cop out in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, agree. I agree. And I think it's cool that she she um she kind of plays Sam for that. Oh like the way totally does. Yeah, like the story that she gives to Sam, which is hundred percent accurate, is just like, oh, by the way, like I can't go back to the country like i'm not I, I i don't have my old job back i'm doing this because the things that i helped you with yeah got me to this point she plays him like a fiddle and does you know does <sighs> the work like she just did it she she's now a, the not even a double agent she's just like she just has her hand in another aspect of the country, she's gonna get state secrets. She's gonna get all this. Brokering just, power. Brokering. Yeah, brokering power. With like her character and kind of evolving that, it would be it. It would be terrible if they were just like she is a scroll. Yeah, it's, it's a cop out. Years and years and years of of kind of transforming this person. I I loved so yeah I agree I don't think that she's a scroll. Well. But, I, I'm sorry to tell you guys, but I don't think we're going to see her again unless she is a scroll. That's my guess. I don't see where she fits into this. room. She's not compelling <laughs> enough as a villain in a, in a future Marvel movie. Like, just banish Nando to his room? Well, <laughs> sorry. I picture Captain America 4 opening up with like Sharon Carter like in an interrogation room and they're like, you did what? Like, like almost like a Zemo type thing. Maybe. But mm. I just I can't picture her being like, let's get all these secret weapons and all this stuff, and there's something for everybody. Let's start all these secret wars. <laughs> let's go have a bit of a musical number. Like that's just, I mean, first off, if I'm that I want, I would be yeah, I'd be bad about it. I yeah. did musical theater for six years. Uh, 
listen, I was in West Side Story and I'm very excited for that movie coming in December 2021. So, Nando, what do you think? Uh, I was a big deal. I was a jet. I was. I had a quick question for Nando before you get to that. And it's just weird to call Matt Nando again. Again, well, listen, I called him Nando in person, but I haven't seen him in person since like Comic Con two years ago. So, my question for you is. Sharon talking to Carly. Yep. Saying like, just come work for me. Like come, she knows she needs those super soldiers. Right. So now that she doesn't have them, what's, what's your game plan? Like what, what's got Sam brother TBD TBD They'll figure it out when they figure out what shows she's supposed to be. in. if she's in armor wars, she's stealing armor. If she's a scroll, she's getting access to people's okay. DNA. Okay. If we're doing armor wars, Matt, yeah. there is one character. Well, obviously. Yeah. There's Neary. He's in the back, right? Behind Hart. you. It's true. Probably do, several. Do, do you think we see Justin Hammer show up in Armor Wars or whatever, or Ironheart? Yeah, I do. I think, uh, Sam I think Rockwell? he's... The problem with Sam Rockwell and, like, Justin Hammer in Armor Wars is in the comics, Justin Hammer is a very serious guy who, like, he's British and he's, like, a classic kind of James Bondy type-ish villain. Not really, but like he's he's, he's not like it. a goofball. And I don't think Justin Hammer like that we've seen in the movies can be the villain. He can't be the Justin Hammer from Armor Wars, but I have a feeling he'll be in it to some extent. I think he'd be way better on the Thunderbolts, but um, I think they could just, I, I don't know. It depends on if they're going to do Dark Avengers, if they're going to commit to that, if that's going to be a movie, if it's going to be a show, if it's just going to be something that we kind of, you know, hear John Walker's out doing adventure somewhere. Because I also think he'd fit pretty well into that. Uh, but I think we'll see him again for sure. But well, what do you uh, think of Sharon as? Is she a scroll or is yeah. she like, like a. I, I think, I think there, I think what's going to happen in a couple of years because I think they're starting to film the show now. So like 2022, 2023, whenever the show comes out, but like, I guess they started to do it now. What's up. I think it'll be next year. Just given how, how high the rate, how, how, how many yeah. people uh, stream this. That's true. But I feel like they're going to go back into all of their characters and go, okay, who can we burn on this secret invasion show? Who can we take all of their plot and go like, well, actually it doesn't count. And it's like, well, it can't be this guy because people really like him. And it can't be this one because people really like her. And it can't be this one because if she was a scroll, it wouldn't really make sense. And I feel like there's very few characters that fit comfortably into that, like in, into that bubble as well as she does right now. So I'm not necessarily saying it's the best move for her, but I think if Marvel has to draft a scroll that has some sort of presence and ha like has a relationship with characters and is relevant at least marginally in the current MCU then Sharon Carter's a great choice especially since the main scroll is a like is a girl like Queen Ferenki you want to get a female like maybe like a you know maybe she's Olivia Coleman in scroll form but she's you know mainly Sharon Carter in human form or something like that like I think that works really well but that would be interesting yeah, like I feel like there are other characters that I thought were scrolls before and I'm not as convinced anymore. Or like I don't think they would do now. Like I, I've for a while been holding the war machine as a scroll torch. Uh, but post Tony Stark's death, I don't think they can do it because I think he's too important to like the Tony Stark story. So I think you're, I, what I'm hoping is we don't get like the scrolls have been, oh my God, you'd never believe it. It's John 
F. Scrollington, who's brand new. And then it's the the senator who was like, John Walker, you're in trouble. That guy's a scroll. Like, I hope it's somebody kind it's of essentially important. the plot of Buckaroo Bonsai, then. Well, which I will <laughs> always reference on this podcast. <laughs> it's it's tricky. I think they'll I think so. I don't think she's definitely a scroll. Okay. And I don't think she was written in this to be a scroll. However, I do think if we're talking about characters that will probably be scrolls, she is at the top of my list. Um, if it has to be someone that's been in a thing before, because obviously like, there'll be, you know, the actors who are already in it, who are the villains, will will also be scrolls. Like Daenerys, or not Daenerys, is she in it? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Clark. So like she'll probably Clark be a scroll, you know. But whatever. I, I don't think she's Spider Woman. We'll see. I don't know. That's the uh... things. I wouldn't mind that. She needs a redemption arc after Game of Thrones final season. Why? What happened? I haven't finished it. Spoiler. Just kidding. It's the worst. (laughs) Goddamn people. Have you done a video yet on that and just rewrite the entire People have People ask so much and I was just like, I don't want to think about this anymore. And I kind of feel bad because I'm sure I would have had ideas, but none of them were better than all the ideas we all came up with before the show ended. And it was like, this guy should kill the Night King with this thing. And, And then like... Yeah, and and a lot of really good Game of Thrones people came out and made similar like kind of rewrites of the ending. So I just kind of let them do their thing, like uh, you know, like sunshine and remember the Titans. You know, I just let them through, and they could go do the tackle or whatever. I don't want to saw that movie. <laughs> That's a thing that happens, right? They could do the sure. tackle. Yes, thank they, you. Like, thank you. Yeah. I felt like I just was talking to my mom about football. That made me feel really nice. I love uh, football. It's great. I know you do. You're a Saints fan. I'm a huge was, Saints fan. Yeah. Which I was very surprised by. They uh, just don't stop choking. Just yeah. Well, first off, we could do a whole podcast about the motherfucking Saints choking. I mean. And letting Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. But we're not going to do that here because Bill doesn't need to get angry. Okay. Uh, I would assume the Falcon is a Saints fan, right? He's from Louisiana. He. You know, he lived there, seems like, all his life because his parents had that houseboat. So, and he, Anthony Mackie's a huge Saints fan in real life, and we love him for it. Listen, they have the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That's and they fantasy football team is named after it. That's right. That's right. They have best quarterback, and and now he's gone, and now we have a great quarterback in his own right. Uh, Whatever his name is from Tampa. James Winston. Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. Taysom is good too, but I don't think he'll play starting quarterback. He's like, he's the biggest gimmick I've ever seen in my life. He's not a gimmick. Oh, man. He's fucking awesome. He's a position player. Like, he's not, you know, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. I'm like, what is a running back? That's true. No, he is. And last thing I'll say about this, he is. In baseball terms, a utility player. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you know yeah. what a utility player should not be? Your fucking starting quarterback. Well, that's but, why it's good that we have Jameis, the plain old quarterback, exactly. being quarterback. And then, yeah. you know, whenever the Mormon Hercules needs to get involved, he can. Mormon Hercules. That'll... That's what they call him. He's from BYU. He's a. Uh, Oof. I'm not, I didn't make up the name. It's an internet I, thing. I've never uh, heard yeah. it before, but so I'm going to. Jason Hill, the Mormon Hercules. Shit out of it. Love it. Ryan has gone from Chardonnay to beer. You know, this podcast is getting. Uh oh. He's going to turn into sand in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, one character I want to talk about was John Walk. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a heartburn there for a second. John yeah. Walker. 
I was <laughs> drinking Johnny Walker earlier. Mm. It's too smoky for me. It was at Al's wedding. They're like, do you have a whiskey? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, give me a whiskey and diet. And they're like, we only have Johnny Walker. It tastes like, it tastes like smoke. And I'm like, fuck. It's um, like tears in the rain. It tastes like, yeah. it tastes like a campfire <laughs> in your mouth. And I'm like, oh, I ate it. Um, campfire in a leather belt, you know, whatever. But anyway, so John Walker kind of gets, um, we talked about hill turns. We talked about a little bit of face turn in this one where all of a sudden he decides, hey, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't be a murderous motherfucker and I should help save these people from the GRC. Um, this momentary <sighs> moment, this momentary uh, time of being a good guy, be, realizing he has should have morality. Do we feel this was earned? I know we no. no. Okay, Matt. Not even a little bit. Yeah. It's very bold of Marvel in 2021 slash 2020 when this was supposed to come out to have to the cop guy, in the show. Yeah, it's very bold to have the cop murder someone in one episode, try to murder our hero in the new episode, and then the episode after that become the good guy and save a bus yeah. for a half a second or not a bus, I guess like an armored truck full of people. And now he's quipping with the heroes. He's got his new outfit. And it's just like, man, have him be bad. Have him beat up Carly and drag her through the, like into the, into the crowd and be like, ah, I'm a real conquering hero. Like you guys all wanted. And maybe we get to reject him as a people. Like we get to be like, no, that's not the captain America we want, but just pretending that he's like always been, this like kind of silly jokey guy is just insane. I don't, it really does feel like this episode was written by a different person mm -hmm. when, when just in terms of talking about John Walker, because even as us I, agent, I don't think his actions fit us agent. Us agent is supposed to be a jerk the same way that episode four to five, uh, like John Walker is a jerk. I agree. This guy all is of a sudden, all of a sudden he's, he's like, he realizes the error of his ways, and then he's like, oh, no, but I'll still work with Val. It's like, no, dude, just be a dick. Exactly. Right. I get the fact he has that moment of morality, but I felt like a convenient way out. So I don't think it's a moment of morality as as much as it's like a psychotic break. Uh, so, so, so. Somebody who's had maybe had well, his well, 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 Matt. Yeah. Matt, I will say that in the second episode, we second episode we get this like we get this huge inter introduction of like who John Walker is. So it's not just like the you know the the famed um, all American boy slash war hero. We right. get we get this like as somewhat added the sparkliest boy in America, sparkliest boy in America. Mm. But we also get this like it's not quippy, but like the way that he interacts with Sam and Bucky, you can see the same. You can see that at the end is the same from the second episode. I, I, it's not just, like, it's not like a complete turn for me. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying his actions were justified or any of that kind of nonsense, but the way I think that Marvel was trying to spin it, especially keeping him alive, not making him like this, like ultra evil, like, horrible human is the same kind of way that they're doing Zemo in the sense that they're making them like anti-heroes. They're trying to make, they're trying to assemble this, this team potentially of, of like you root for them because of who they are and not because they're just like fucking like the worst humans possible. Like no, they weren't trying to pop out to me. It's just like, it is, it is, it is in essence a cop out, but at the same time, they, 
they tried to tiptoe around it in a sense that like John Walker is not a bad guy when you first meet him. He's not, he's not an the same guy. He's got the he's all jacked up on roids, bro. He's yeah, just but, a bad guy underneath it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's is he though? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. he killed he's a guy probably. when he had he, the option. Listen, he he tried stopped, to, but if killing a guy is a big deal, is a big deal. Is a big deal. County Al story. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but no, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like it's just like it's not as black and white. I feel like I feel like he's not just that person. I think. And, and Ryan mentioned this too, and me and Ryan not argue, but kind of went back and forth a little bit a couple episodes ago was he didn't care about Lamar post serum. And I said, no, he really does care about Lamar and his death. And they bring that up in this episode yeah, where, where Carly said, mm-hmm. I didn't want to kill anyone who wasn't important. And he's like, Lamar's death wasn't important. Like he 100% cares. And they showed that. And they made that a, a big part of this episode was he wasn't going there to kill Carly to kill Carly. It wasn't just like pride. It was, I'm doing this to avenge my best friend. So it's like, I think it was 50, 50. I feel like in that scene where he goes to the house and he lies to the family about whether or not he killed the person. I think he, I think he lied to the family to reassure the family. I think that's him lying to himself. That's him being like, what I did was justified. No, I, I, yeah. And you can read it both ways. I'm not, I'm not just straight up saying no to you. I'm saying the way I read it, the way (laughs) I read it was Mm I, I know how much Lamar, Lamar meant to you the person who who I killed was the person responsible, but in his head, he said, actually, no, it's Carly. I have to go kill Carly. So it's just like, I think that's in essence, like the way that his mind was working post serum. Um, and Wait, I, I want to interrupt so I can let Ryan interrupt. Yeah, gotta, go the the mouth has been open for so oh, long on the I camera. Just I gotta to hear what's going up. It's like I'm just hammered. I just want to barf. That's what do we got? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to puke all over my keyboard. Sorry. I think the thing is, is that, you know, Lamar says at one point, like, in the heat of the moment, you always make the right choices. Mm. I do think that John Walker at that moment when he's, like, glitching out and he's like, I need to make the right choice. He does. I just think that it would have been way more true to everyone's journey if John Walker went after Carly and Falcon or Captain America at this point comes to save the van instead. I feel like right. that would have translated way better than this whole, let me try because yeah, that whole, like, he's like, Oh man, I just quoted Abraham Lincoln. It's like, you can fuck off. Like you yeah. get away from me. I almost wish that everyone. But that happened after it. that happened yeah, but, after. But, like, I wish he like, like is almost know. woken up when he it's like no, again they're trying they're trying to make him an antihero. It doesn't matter. They're trying to make him an antihero. The point of an antihero is they can do bad shit but also do good shit. It's Deadpool uh, incarnate. Like they have to make this anti-hero team because if they're gonna make a Dark Avengers, you're gonna want to like half root for them, but at the same time, like. Why See, am I here's, these? Here's the anti-hero is like you do bad shit for a good reason, right? He thought uh, it was a good reason. I mean, shoot me if John Walker becomes the Deadpool of the MCU. <laughs> like, 
We need. We already you have your address. We already have. We already have it. It's Zemo. That's true. Yeah, I feel like he's, if anything, closer to what if Captain America was the Punisher, right? Like that's yes. the pitch for John Walker. He yeah. is a government stooge, and if the Punisher was running down the hall quipping with Bucky, that would be weird, mm-hmm. right? And like I, I feel also, like I wouldn't mind it. It would be I fun. Really, I do, but I I do feel like it was out of character in that. Totally. In I wanted to moment. lean into U.S. Agent Supreme Dickhole like a hundred percent. Yeah, that's I, and, I, and I think more. I think him quipping to Bucky and Bucky be like, "Are you fucking quoting Abraham Lincoln? Like you're a shitty person." Like I think that just yeah. it's like an, it's more of like of like Marvel pushing that. I guess. I oh, know. I think so too. I think Marvel had a really good arc of a guy who was pushed over his like you know because John Walker. Like we're saying, he's not a bad person. He does bad things, but his, like I'd say, just defining character traits are he listens to authority and he has way too much responsibility on his shoulders. Yeah, and when that gets taken over the edge, then like he crumbles under that weight. But I feel like the, um, the like fact that the, the way that sequence plays out where he gets redeemed is a good example of kind of like why I don't think that sequence works and why his redemption doesn't work. First, Bucky tries to save the truck. Doesn't work. He falls down. Then Walker gets a chance to save the truck. And even though Bucky already tried, so we're already proving that, like, you can't really do it if you're not some sort of super person with wings. John Walker still does it anyway, fails, falls down again. It's like the fact that Sam is the one that saves the truck instead of goes and fights Carly is why he is Captain America. And I feel like if you don't have someone go to fight Carly, that, that like uh, foil doesn't exist. Like you don't, you don't get that kind of, this is what Captain America would do. And this is what some sort of agent of the U S government would do. And that's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they had a really good arc and then they, it got so good that they had to curve back around to MCU dim so that he can be the Captain America for the Dark Avengers. I think that's a, like I, f- I feel like that's a bummer because I think the end of episode four when he cut that guy's head off or whatever was the best moment of the series. Yeah, and that it was the most head off. Uh, whatever. It was the most interesting <laughs> thing they did in the whole show. No, yeah, I, I, I like, I like, I think I like half agree with that because I, the way that they set that up, as you said, is like he has a redemption arc ish it's like he puts himself like puts the the mission away but i was also very confused even a second time around of where everyone was oh yeah i mean because because wasn't carly fighting bucky on the in the on the floor on the bottom of like where they were carly falls no uh i want to say carly is Okay, rising so, that truck. No, because Carly's not in the truck. No, no one's in the truck. No one's in the truck, right? So wait, so wait, let me just let me try to walk the walk through this a little bit. So let's John Walker through this. Uh, let's John Walker through this. Mm, yes. Love it, love it. So, <laughs> okay. so Carly drives the truck. I guess jumps out. Whatever. Yeah, jumps it off to right, the side. Right. Yeah. Okay. Carly and a bunch of the super soldiers are fighting John Walker. Right. Yeah, yep. but at the same time, Bucky's pushed over the edge, and he's on. He does the superhero landing, right by the guy with the beam, giant beam hand. Okay, so giant beam hand man is not Carly. No, yeah, that's a different well, dude. A man, okay, so. so that's confusing for me. So that is true. John Walker decides to stop fighting them 
and to save the people in the truck, but uh-huh. then is attacked by all the super soldiers. Yeah. Which causes the truck to fall. Bucky's on the ground. He's not going to fucking palm it like he's Shazam. Right. And right. The only logical person that can save everyone is Captain Banner. Goddamn America. Oh, so yeah. I love that. And I love it. The way that they executed mm-hmm. that was this is Sam's moment to shine. One of the biggest issues I had with the entire series was right. And you get, I don't, Sam I don't moment in the sun. Agree with that. I don't disagree with that. That it's like, that's Captain America's moment, but it's still like, when U.S. agents at the end, like if U.S. agent, like kind of like, well, if John Walker just kind of like, you know, slinked into the background after everything finished and he had, right. like, you know, worked with but, Bucky and Sam, but he's like leaning against the, the ambulance like, hey, buddy, good speech, pal. Like, yeah. that's the he doesn't that say any of those things. I wish Not that like, a lot of people hated John Walker. They were like, boo, get out of here. I wish right. That yeah. Was like, yeah. Like he, his body language was like he was cool. He's one of the guys instead of just like he's just like, huh, you know what? That that Sam is get pretty great. When you were basically trying to be like, I'm Captain America, you were telling Congress like, fuck that. I'm Captain America. And you tried like, to cut Sam's head off yesterday. Yeah, right? I think you guys was, remember I, when you guys fought, right? They cut, so they, during Sam's, like, speech, mm-hmm. they cut a lot to to John Walker. If oh, you notice, yeah. they cut to a lot to him, and I think it's like him understanding like, oh, that's Captain America. Yeah. Like yes. that's Captain. Yeah. Like that's what I'm supposed to be. But and again, the reason, he, like if he was such, like he was trying to kill Sam. Yeah, yeah but that's but like, past. why is he still there? <laughs> like, the past. yeah, that was earlier that was this week. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were in a, a different lot. country. What happens in Latvia stays in Latvia. You know, the title of the podcast. Oh my god, podcast episode. I just, I just like it's it's odd to me that you guys like not. Listen, I just want the guy that killed the guy to be brought to justice. I don't know what to tell you. And I feel like he is. He was was brought to justice in the sense of like his his Senate hearing or whatever. Yeah, and then Julia Louis-Dreyfus veeps in and it's just like, guess what, bro? I gotcha. Well, the other thing I would say about John Walker, right? We have John Walker in this series given the John Walker Captain America costume, but blue, right? And like the U.S. agent costume. And... That's in episode two, and that's, or I guess episode one in the end, where that's yeah. his, like, kind of coming out to everybody and his his introduction to the public. And if you watch this series and you went, okay, well, by the end of this series, he's going to be U.S. agent, which I'm assuming means he's going to have a black version of this costume. The worst version of that is he is given it by someone and told he is U.S. agent versus, like, he earns it. And I just think he... He fluctuates all the way. He like goes full circle, comes back to Captain America. And then at the end of the show, it's like, but also you're the US agent too. Like, but I like just, I like that though, because I think it's it's more of like that again, it's not it's not um it's not him becoming evil, but it's more of like a psychotic break. Like the way that the super soldier serum hits him is like I'm I'm I am a soldier, I am I am the American dream. Now, when I take the serum, I become the extreme version of that. And I think when he's like, I'm back, I'm back, like he's 
it like the like watch again that end scene and way oh. the way the way that Wyatt Russell plays it. First he off, plays right. it. He honestly plays it like a, a sick person, and I like the way that they did that. Is because it's just like it's like a um like not an idealized version, but it's just like a he's he's in the zone like he's like the way that he plays it is so chaotic it's not like it's like i've done nothing wrong and you see that in the senate hearing when he's like i am captain america you made me that's that's showing that he is just broken i love the way that he plays that and the way that he plays it in that end scene is like oh i'm back I'm back, baby. Like it's I, it's not like I have a second chance of being Captain America. It's like, oh, I'm back to being like John Walker, like the extreme version of that. I don't know. I I, I just I feel just like if that's the version, it. he says it the way that he speaks in the beginning of the show, which is like, I'm back. Yeah. Because anyway, John Walker's supposed to be like an action movie kind of John Wick version of mm-hmm. Captain America, right? So I feel like he just doesn't. I feel like his character never takes himself as seriously as U.S. Agent. Like, I I definitely don't see that moment as him quite accepting the mantle because you know what? we The the show does a lot of work to visually set up John Walker is crazy by having him do that weird little head tilt. And that's like his, like, I'm about to do something bad. And he doesn't does do it again it at the scene. end, too. No, he yeah. does not. He just, yes, like, kind of is there. You find, he the, find the frame for me. I've, he I've does it at the end. All by himself, like a Tyler Perry. He movie. does it at the end. He does uh, the head tilt. I'm I telling you right now, I watched it for the second time. He does the head tilt. I think he has like somewhat of like a psychotic break because of the, the super soldier serum. Right. I, I, I can't. Ex- I sort of wish again, like I wish that at the end of this, even if he did save that thing, a lot of those people, bystanders were like, boo. Yeah, I really yeah. wish that, that would have been great. The, I wish that Val was the only person in his corner. Right. That, that, that would have been that like, I would have liked that too. Where he's like, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm back. Yeah, She's leaving. I am back. Yeah, I think, think like, that that would have Val been way more effective. T- Val technically, well, technically we don't really know, but think about where he's even coming out and, you know, coming down the runway essentially in his new gear is the same room he was basically condemned in. He's in yeah, yeah. So what a coincidence! Like, and she's like, things are about wow. to get weird. We don't need Captain America. I we love that she else. said the weird. Me too. Um, I loved it. Well, it's I, only Julie Louis Dreyfus I think could get away with saying that, but but it, it's, it's almost like I planned it, or did I? Or did oh, I? Yeah. Or, no, I didn't. Did I, did I marry this firecracker? But, I'm gonna dye my hair blue. Oh my god! <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> the look of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just like like that would have like if he was if he was shit on by the people who were there and they saw him that moment happen and then but the government still backs him. He's like, yes, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. The people mm-hmm. I've always worked for the United yeah. States. Like yeah. I, like I think that moment was missing. I yeah. Or just I like agree. don't put him in the se- in the finale at all. Have him get distraught at the end of five and like leave and then show up with his black suit at the very end of this episode. But like, he doesn't really have that much to do. Like, he doesn't change very much. He's in the end of five, Val is the only person in his corner. So, yeah, and just leave him there. he does get his ass beat a lot in this episode. Yep. Besides and being a super shield is so flimsy. Oh, that <laughs> shield. Yeah. He, he made it with a real shield. <laughs> Oh, I made it. I went in a Reynolds wrap. Why did it get broken? I'm going to stress the fact that Marvel is setting Marvel is setting up 
something with Zemo, with with the Thunderbolts, with 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 Walker, with all of that. Yes. You needed to have him in the finale to set up this half likable, half unlikable mess of a man mm. because we're gonna see him in something in I, down the line. It I, makes I, I feel like you zero sense and not include him. like the government fucked yeah. the government fucked him. Like no matter what he did, he they're still in the government building. I understand. Who the fuck is she working for? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But like, if you think about it, he killed the one guy. He did. Yeah. Right. And we 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 throughout the entire episode, the series, we're seeing like before that moment, he is being thrust into this untenable situation of becoming Captain America. He's just a mm-hmm. soldier, and he's he, he doesn't right. hear him. And he's but like, Sharon Carter killed two power brokers and got a pardon, so we're fine. Everything's cool, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mean, sorry. Sharon Carter, as the power rover that we she, don't know, killed two, do it on, two super soldiers. She didn't do it on camera. That's the mistake. You know, you get caught mm. in 4K and it's True. all over. But yeah, yeah 4K, she baby. did it. On they think but, she's it but the thing is, it's just like, yeah. if John, like, that's the thing. Like, John Carter, like, yeah, like he's, he's now back because of the government. They <laughs> we're, we're moving on. <laughs> no, I have to say it. He said John Steve's Carter. Steve's on the moon and John Carter's on Mars. And that's the end. So oh, John yeah, that's Carter. right. That's right. Oh, he's now John Carter. On, he's the warlord of the guys. So what happened was, I don't know if you saw this. It was, it's in a complete. I missed like, that scene. After oh, man. the international credits, what happened? Oh. John Walker ends up on Mars. They changed him to John Carter. I, he's a completely different actor. He went Mars. Can we talk about real quick? Why does someone say I thought Captain America was on the moon? That was in the first episode. It was it's a just back. like a weird conspiracy theory, I guess. Why? Joke, like, yeah. Well, I mean, there was the yeah, original thing storyline where things were happening on the moon, so like maybe it's a reference to that. I don't think it has anything to do with the Inhumans who are actually on the moon, but yeah, I think it's like just a reference to. It's in know, the, the first moon episode. Is where conspiracy the theories happen. The guy Joaquin brings up, he's like, is Captain America really on the moon? Yeah, that's yeah. like, no, like, that's crazy. And also, like, I kind of thought he might be, honestly, by the end of this, I was like, yeah, maybe he's on no, the moon. You know who who Captain, who knows? Who Where is he? Well, what happens is John Walker turns into John Carter, who ends up becoming moon. Yep. That's how we got Oscar Isaac. Oh, very good. Oh, yes, well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> here's your next Dando V Movies video. Um, I... I can't steal it fast enough. Hold on, I'm gonna clickety clack on my typewriter. I'm worried that I'll press what's, buttons and it'll make Matt, the typewriter. Let me what's close a worse? Thing. What's worse? All of what we said, I just said, or Al's theory that the um, mailman in Wandavision was Mephisto, or my oh, theory I knew that this would come up. The my theory that the beekeeper it was actually the dog that gets killed by the killed Sparky. That's it. Yours. That last one was the worst. That ends an insane theory. An insane theory. It's the best theory. I. Oh my goodness! Right? The the theory is wait. The theory is that the beekeeper was the dog. That the soul of the beekeeper was transferred into the dog. Is that what it was? Correct. Yeah, you get it. It's all exorcism and shit. But I mean, no, I I just kept yeah. I was like, what's the weirdest thing that could happen? I'm like, oh, I don't know. We don't see the beekeeper again, and then all of a sudden this dog happens, and then the dog gets killed. I'm like, ah, oh, it's the beekeeper. Why not? Uh, <laughs> it's, theory. it's a no, terrible right. theory. Horrible. I don't say it's good. I've never claimed it's a good theory. Um, you claimed that the mailman was Mephisto because he had a shaggy haircut. <laughs> like that, I never said shaggy haircut. I said <laughs> he he, I he just 
I don't know. He always appeared. Is, is Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> he always appeared like he knew more than he was letting on. Right. Oh, God. I see it. No, no, no. I, I think the mailman. Listen, I mean, WandaVision is a whole nother bag of, <laughs> it is. Bag of Marvel. Bag but, of like, there's plenty <laughs> of unkept promises in, in, like, the way characters were like, oh, this thing that I know about and didn't end up being anything. So, yeah, I don't know. Everything makes sense in the in that show. So except for the spark, except for the dog being no, the beekeeper, because you. we see him later. He's the he's the ice cream vendor in episode three. The Wait, beekeeper, what? the beekeeper shows up in the credits of episode three when they're like bicycling through the town. Someone's getting ice cream and it's that guy. He's back. It Fuck. is. Yeah. Well, guess what? Guess who didn't see it? Anyone on this podcast? Well, and Ellie, give me a kiss. Wait a second. No, this makes so much sense, because then. He, you can, you can only mount, you can only see it because he's like off, off camera, but he goes like, I'm going to go turn into a dog now, bark, bark. And then he walks away <laughs> and it makes sense because then he turns into a dog. I agree. Bill, you're a prophet. You and, um, no one else. I don't know. The game theory guy, Matt from game theory. And who else? Who else is like a, who, who has called something so far in advance? The guy from 538 that we all hate now, whatever Wait, his Silver? name is. Yeah, Nate Silver. You're the new who, Nate Silver. Who hated me when my old job? Yes, I have Nate Silver. Oh, really? Yeah, I worked. I had to take a job at a very conservative polling firm, and Nate Silver made uh, his career to hate us. I'm not conservative, by the way. I needed a paycheck. Al worked at the same company. Um, a hot minute for a hot minute. I got you the job. You're welcome. I paid my phone bill. Probably. John Walker, I think his is costume is dumb in in the end of the show too. Yes. No, I don't think it's dumb. I'm just trying to bring it back to the show. I think no, his costume I is fine. It, I wish it was more. I wish well, it was though he was like, it's the same, but it's black. And I was like, yeah. I didn't really tell too much. Me neither. Yeah, I was like, no, it's the same. It, yeah, it's pretty I just, similar. I think the, the lighting that, in here is weird. The way that Wyatt Russell plays the character in this whole episode from great the, from yeah great but well, watch from, overlord by the way if you haven't oh so good from overlord's amazing but yeah from, i thought you said from, overboard and i was like no yeah. that's perfect <laughs> watch from, overboard play <laughs> overwatch you know and then watch that, overlord Wyatt russell is basically kurt russell went back in time and just like i'm gonna do some more stuff guys yeah, and he has Which it's is a it better be, theory than the dog in WandaVision. It would be just, like if Kurt Russell did escape from New York and then for the rest of like for the two or three years after that, he just had to do interview after interview about escape from New York. And he went, This is a mistake. I shouldn't do this. Like I, I've watched so many interviews with Wyatt Russell trying to be like, What's his deal? Like, what is he what is he like? And I was just like, Oh no, he hates talking about this now. Like, good good for him. Yeah. 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 I, I but, mean, I, I was gonna say that he played it, the way that he played it um, in this episode, I, I I just think that the super soldier serum mm-hmm. affected him in a way where it just broke him. It broke him as a, as a, as a human. And he's the extreme version of himself that he never wanted to be. He's that's, that's the way yeah, that I'm seeing. I, mean, I just wish it was like more evident that like, he, because yeah. he's not an evil person. And the way that remember, remember Lamar talked to him. That, that conversation they had of like, mm-hmm. you know, like Erksine or whatever serum, the yeah. it makes a good person really good and a bad person just extremely evil or whatever. Right. So he's not an evil person. He's just a, a, a just a good, a really good soldier that did everything that he could. 
which included doing some really horrible right things. war crimes or whatever probably. war crimes or whatever but that's a soldier at the you know the the the, the stereotypical good soldier is someone that has to right. I'm going to salute all of my uh, posters of Captain America for all of his war crimes no, exactly. but, Cap, but Cap wasn't a soldier you guys can't see this but I've just oh, I bought all the USA shit paraphernalia that they sell at Walmarts now I, uh, they sell a ton no, too but much like, maybe I just, but I yeah just, a lot I guess I just that's that's the hats biggest, are all red it's so weird my biggest takeaway from his entire arc was when he took the super soldier serum, it broke him. It yeah. broke him in a way that it wasn't a red skull effect of like, I'm going to make an evil person more evil. And it wasn't a Steve Rogers where I'm going to make a good human who just wants to fight bullies, who wants to, who not even fight bullies, but who just doesn't like bullies, make him a super version of himself. This is a soldier who when taken the serum it broke him. It literally broke him. And, and, and at the same time, the death of his best friend did I don't not help I, with that. So here's Imagine, I think that's oh. it. I think he's a good soldier who has a, this good angel on his shoulder who's like, hey, don't do all the murders. And then that guy dies and he spins out of control. But like yeah. he doesn't have I think his like the voice inside of John Walker episodes one through four that was kind of driving his yeah, or like dragging him back down to earth was Lamar. And Lamar. Then once Lamar is gone, we just get crazy dude. Who's yep. ready to like do whatever he thinks is necessary because he can't like he, that like for they they've done a lot over the course of not too long, like 40 years of comics, maybe 50 years to make John Walker. I like, I want to say showed up in the eighties, but that might be. I feel like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So I guess so it's like almost 30 or 40 years. But yeah, they've done a lot to take him from being kind of a one dimensional, you know, government stooge Captain America to like this guy who doesn't fit into Captain America, but he's not quite a villain either. And like, um, so he's even more likable. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that, that, yeah. Um, but I guess that character has had enough of an arc that. I think he, uh, I forget where I was going with this. Oh, he doesn't have to quite be like a, a government stooge, like just takes orders from anybody. But I do think like he's just a guy who had a very good friend who was his conscience. And he 100% should have been the Captain America of that group. And he, maybe it's because he was black or maybe it's because he just isn't as tall or whatever. But that guy knew what to do and John Walker didn't. And he told John Walker what to do. And then when he died, John Walker just lost it. But mm. yeah, I feel like, I feel like the super soldier serum had much less of an effect on him than the death of Lamar. And I think that's, I, that's why I kind of feel like going back on this, I guess, I guess Carly mentions Lamar, but in a very like, not like heavy handed, but just like Lamar didn't matter. I didn't want to kill anybody. that didn't matter. I'm like, yeah, that's not what she means though. Yeah. She's not. It's not in the Black Lives Matter thing. She's not making a statement about that. It, like you could, but that's not what that is. I think just like a misunderstanding between the two. I think of it was a Black Lives Matter thing. I was. I think it was legitimately a Lamar didn't matter. Like he. he well, didn't she matter. says his life didn't matter. I didn't want to take anybody's life who didn't matter. So I feel like the Black Lives Matter. That's coded into there. You can't. You I can't don't know write if that it's coded and not be like. And this is where this no. is going to go. 
I don't think so. I honestly, don't honestly, so? I don't think so because for a show that deals a lot with race, I don't think it was a race moment. I think that was a legitimate, like I'm, the way that he said it was like, like he took it so personally, like Lamar's life didn't matter to you. Meaning that it wasn't a BLM thing. It was a specifically Lamar. Yeah. His best friend. And, yeah, and no, I'm not. It, yeah. That's the way I said it. Not, I'm not saying it's for black lives. It. I don't think it's like a, the the show is making a point about Black Lives Matter necessarily, but I don't think it's. I, I feel like you can't completely separate them, and mm. especially in 2019 or whenever they wrote this show, you can't write a character say someone else doesn't their life doesn't matter without at mm-hmm. least thinking like how's this gonna fit into the Black Lives Matter kind of you know um, conversation that that uh, yeah like that yeah conversation or like just ideology isn't the right word but yeah framework it's a it's it's a really awkward way that she starts that conversation to start it's an a awkward fight with john walker it's yeah. an awkward exchange to begin with and it's funny because that was the moment from the trailer that we remember her from yes yeah yeah which i thought was odd i'm like oh we're finally seeing this this cool clip of her smiling putting the mask on yeah Oh yeah, and it's just very bizarre. I'm like, like, this is from the final moments of the yeah. That was odd. All right, calm down. Let's. Mm. um, We talked a lot about John Walker. Let's talk about the episode. Let's rate the episode on a scale of one to ten shields, and then in this rating, let's talk about where we feel like. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, where the future of this, we've seen a lot of these characters, where the future of this series could go and where we think some of the characters, including Sam, Bucky, uh, Zemo, Zemo's driver, and a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to outlive all of us. He's Zemo's so much. Yeah. He's Zemo's the- Alfred. He planted a bomb on a metal, like whatever he did, it was very impressive for him. And and like that guy, I don't know how he pulled that off, but he has been in a million movies and TV really over the last like 40 years. It's ridiculous. My grandpa can't work Facebook, let alone (laughs) set off um, (laughs) a car bomb. So like, that's what you want us to think. But when a car bomb explodes, (laughs) yeah. Grandpa Barry. Grandpa, we're looking up first. Yeah. (laughs) So, Matt, we'll start with you. On a scale of one to ten shields, oh. what did you think of this? the episode? Episode, what? I'm going to give six shields. That's, 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 I would say that's generous. Really? Wow. Yeah, I do. Wow. I think. Why is, that? Why is that? It's my least, second least favorite episode of the series, maybe. Like, Jesus. I think it goes two, three, or two, one, four. No, I guess it goes. Two is my favorite. I think two is the best episode of the show. Uh, the one where we introduce where we're introduced to John Walker. We get a very strong kind of appearance by him and a really good fight on the trucks. So yeah. I'd say that was fun. two is two is my favorite. Maybe okay. How about this? Two, four, five, because I think the Zemo and four was good, but I don't think it was too much. Uh, two, four, five, one, th- one, six, three. I did not like episode three very much. Um, because that was the one that was very Zemo heavy, and I think it was—it just kind of felt like it was from a different show. That's the power uh, broker. And I, and I, yeah, I think he just—he just drowns out Sam and and uh, he does. and Bucky. Like he's too charismatic. I, which I is specifically fault, said that 
on this podcast yeah. and said this has become the Zemo show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so anyway. So that's why I think I, I think six is is fair for me for this one just because of how much I liked it. I think there were parts of it that were very good, but I think as a fin- I and and I guess part of it, I, I you could weight it as it's six for any episode, but maybe seven for a finale, just because the finale has to stick to landing and nail down all these storylines but i mean i feel like some of the decisions it made like we're talking about with walker um and like we're like sharon carter and also the flag smashers we haven't talked about it at all but like because i don't no think it really worked throughout the season <laughs> yeah exactly like the fact that this is the season finale and sam and bucky do cool stuff and everybody else i would say does something between like slightly less good or with walker i'd say like just completely takes that character in the other direction. I, I would say six. I like the show overall. And I think, yeah, I think when it's flying high, it's really like doing a very good job of being what I think the best version of this show is. Um, but I, finales are tough. And, you know, that's this is always also where like the rewrites come in and they're like, oh, we actually want to change this guy so that he's the guy that's in charge of the Dark Avengers. So actually maybe make him nicer so we could make this new superhero slightly marketable so i don't blame him or anything but i do think this is like my second or least favorite episode and what would um, you give, what would you give this? it gets six shields i would give the series oh sorry i was gonna say six vibranium shields and like Ooh. maybe 12 <laughs> metal shields from garages Thirty. uh yeah <laughs> well, garage but uh where would, where would i give the all the all the garage shields uh series uh, it's like a it's like a solid seven and a half eight. Like I feel like people can get what they want out of it. If you want a good introduction to Captain America, it's there. If you want some fun Captain Bucky stuff, it's there. The action's solid. I think like when it did a really good job of, and that like did a really good job as far as like me saying it spoke better to race. But when it really focused on that, it was very good. And when it, I just think it's so hard with the flag smashers and Zemo and, and some of the things that between episodes three and five. So, so like episodes three and four, where I felt like it was just kind of oscillating and like deciding what it was about. Um, I would, I, it's hard for me to give this a higher rating than I would give like WandaVision, which I loved uh, at the beginning of. So I'd say like, it's a solid seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And to be fair, compared to superhero shows, way better than most of them. Better than most of the seasons of The Flash. Better than most of the seasons sure. of like you know Arrow and all that stuff. Yeah, like I feel like we got we got a really good season of Daredevil out of out of Daredevil. Maybe two, one and three, and we one got and some very good. Yeah, exactly. We got some very good uh, Luke Cage like moments. A very good season of Jessica Jones, and besides that, you know. Like this main superhero show, like Marvel DC stuff, this is on the higher end of most of those. It's no Invincible, uh, but it's very good. Invincible is um, so good, and Invincible is the best one. I it it was it was painful to me that the last episode of this show came out the same day as episode what is it seven of Invincible season one, mm-hmm. which was an absolute blast, like just yeah. insane, you know, it, hard to beat. Um, one of one of the best episodes of television I've seen in a very long time, but overall it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, the end. Ryan Barry, 
So on a, a for a four episode and season. I will also sort of echo six shields. I didn't love it. And it's weird because I think as the season went on, I was like, oh, I loved the premiere. I loved episode two. I was like, I liked episode three. I loved episode four. And then kind of after that, I was like, all right, last week's episode it was my least favorite. And then kind of when this played through, I was like, okay, this is a pretty standard finale. Um, but I'm sure I'll love it more when I rewatch it. And then I rewatched it again. And I was like, no, I feel the exact same way. Um, I feel like there were a few things I, I, I wish that were rearranged or re-edited and, and more like they leaned into it a bit more, but um, overall, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to give it a six and kind of like reviewing because, you know, you, you, you think of everything that's happened and played out and you're sort of just like, all right, I'm, I'm into this. I'm, I'm also going to give it a seven. I think because I, especially we'll say doing this podcast has made me love the show way more than I thought if I was just watching it on every Friday and just being like, okay, I'm going to go get drunk now and be weird. Um, Which is every Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Like you get, it's like seven days a week. It's a job. (laughs) I think being with you guys and, and being able to like hear other people talk about it and kind of discuss it made me really love it a whole lot more and like appreciate it a lot more because like WandaVision was super fun. And I know Loki is on the horizon yeah. and it's going to be batshit bananas. And this was one of like the more serious ones where like, you have to, you want to think about it and you want to be present about it. And you want to sort of listen to all the messages that it's giving and, and you want to still love it because it's Marvel. And, and as much as they hit a lot of like the good marks, there was also a lot that sort of, miss the mark for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave the series in total at a seven that's that's where i'm at there yeah Yeah. i'm gonna uh, al i'm gonna close out with you so i'll go next uh for me this is i there was a lot of things i loved about the episode i love the isaiah bradley stuff i loved these complete again different perspective from you guys uh with the mcu the selling of Sam as Captain America. I thought they did an excellent job with, uh, and also, and you know, I thought the action was awesome, but I did have problems with the reveal of the power broker. I felt like that was a little anticlimactic. The John Walker stuff was a little weird. Uh, so for me, this is going to, I'm going to be higher than you guys. I'm going to go with an eight for this episode. I really did enjoy this episode a ton. I, I found myself emotionally, very heavily emotionally invested in the episode. Uh, I did feel like they just kind of wrote the flag smashers off as a typical MCU villain where it's just like, eh, in the end, they didn't really matter. Um, uh, outside of Sam using them for his speech um, in the in the end. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun end to the to the season. And I thought we we saw really good growth from Sam and Bucky as characters from episode one to six which I thought they did a really good job with. And as for the season itself, I came in with ridiculously low expectations. I've said this every episode almost that I thought this was going to be a 48 hours run and gun buddy cop type thing. And 
I did not think they'd be diving this deep into race and to doing the next Captain America and a lot of the stuff they did here. So I'm going to leave this up season because I was really impressed with it. Cause like I said, I have very low expectations. I'm going to go with an eight for this one as well. I mean, I'm higher than everyone else, but every week I was kind of like, oh, I'll catch the episode when I catch it. And then when I watched it, I'm like, wow, that was, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. And, um, but yeah, so I'm going to give this uh, season an eight for sure. Al, close it out for us with your ranking of the season, uh, with the episode and the season. So I'm going to agree with you. I think the the episode First. was an eight, and the uh, the whole series was an eight as well. The reason I want to give it that is because I just thoroughly enjoyed the entire series as a whole i thought sam's character arc was phenomenal and i think the things that they missed the mark on were the villain the the flag smashers there was no flag smash the entire time which i thought oh was my god what a, a little weird just, just disgraceful, I disgraceful. Mean, would, would people have, would she have smashed it and then people would have been like oh this one like why can't <laughs> yeah she they just... would have totally done i know <laughs> it would have been so fun it was so on the nose, man. I, yeah. I just, I just think I the, we, the, the, the part, the, I guess the weakest aspect for me was as this, the series as a whole was the winter soldier aspect of it in mm. the sense of like, not that Ooh, he was in it. He was in it. He was cool. That he people was like in him. It. That's probably gonna be pretty good. Cause he's got a lot of going on character wise, right? For sure. To tie all that up in this show. Fellow for Rutgers sure. 2004 alumni, Sebastian Stan. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the thing is, like, I, I love Sebastian Stan. I love him you know. as the Winter Soldier. Not as much as Timothy Oliphant and the Mandalorian, but we know. Stop. I know. That's, that's my man crush. Um, no, I, I, I just, I felt that, you know, Sam took a backseat and Bucky during the Zemo of it all. Um, but Bucky really took a backseat throughout the entire series. Not that he didn't get a complete arc. He did. We do get a, a different Bucky from the start to the finish. It just, it just felt like if you watch the entire series, he's so behind the scenes. He's such a side character to the fullest extent that I, I just don't, I don't know where they go from here with him. And that's weird because I know where they go mentally with everyone else from this entire series i just don't know what the future holds for the winter soldier and as i said previously like should he even be called that it makes no sense he was a murderer yeah it makes no sense but i just technically they changed the name of the series at the end right they couldn't just afford to change and bucky in there too like (laughs) captain america yeah it would be like it's it's like captain america it's like the show started as falcon and the unabomber and then the show ends as captain america and the unabomber Unabomber. (laughs) and it's like he's not that anymore that's a exactly. weird thing to call a person Thank you. who is mind controlled. Thank you. Yeah. What else what else would they call him? Is there another name they give him or is this called The White Wolf? The James White Wolf Buchanan Bucky. Barnes. James Buchanan Barnes or The Bucky Nomad. Anything. The Nomad. Give him a oh, new yeah. name completely. Yeah. 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 Make one up. They yeah. could have gone in a lot. America of boy. <laughs> America Sparkless Boy. Ever see America was, um, now, the one the guy from uh, fucking Sky High. You ever seen Sky High? All American boy, just to have him be that the little sidekick in there. I just, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed the entire series. I wish it was longer, but at the same time, 
don't like yeah. i thought i think it was kind of perfect mm-hmm. the way it was i think that this was the very definition of what and a marvel mcu i'm sorry a marvel disney plus series was going to be in the sense of like it's going to just yeah. be a six hour long movie yeah. but at the same time i didn't expect this deep dive into the race of it all and this 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 exploration of like who or what or when should be Captain America. And I thought that was really cool that they added that concept because I think without that, this would have been very cut and dry an MCU television series, like the very definition of it. So um, that's why I give it an eight because I think it was just so well executed from that standpoint. The Anything that they faulted on, whether it was the Flag Smashers or potentially john walker's character arc or the power broker any of that kind of nonsense i think you could put all that aside because they they handled the trajectory of sam's arc so well and the execution of passing the mantle on to captain america i think they nailed that like that that's that's Mm -hmm. the only things that they had to do perfectly well and they did it so um I, that's why I give it an eight because I think they just did it solid. Could they have done better? Probably, but at the same time, they set up, you know, that portion future of the MCU well, and uh, I will give them credit for it. They stuck the landing, I think, better than Wandavision yeah. did. So, so there's and that. You defended, and I you guess. defended that. You defended that one hard. I really did, and I think these they they did it much better. Um, and it's funny because we have to remember because of COVID, this was supposed to be the first right. series. Yeah. We were supposed to also be introduced to Julia Louis-Dreyfus before this True. in Black Widow. So it's so weird of the way that everything kind of unfolded and they still stuck the landing. Yeah. Well, and like this was definitely rewritten and reshot regardless of what the cut storyline was like the pandemic had an effect on this and wandavision yeah that's why i'm kind of of really storyline uh and i've read that it's different kind of from what i had suggested it was but still like it's probably like loki i feel like seems like it will be the first full shot at just we're making a show Mm -hmm. covid doesn't have anything to do with it and that's why i I feel like loki's gonna be the best one um i mean i think it's gonna be the best one my question to everyone is because we got two i'm the host now Ah. (laughs) i love it this is when this is when al jumped through the window in his host outfit and threw the host shield at batch rock the leaper and truly became the host of the show i mean pretty much so i guess that means i can take a shot hold on we have two yeah. Disney Plus Marvel series under our belts. The first one, WandaVision, dealing with grief. The second series, yep. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, dealing with race. What the fuck yep. is Loki going to be about in the subcontext? Identity. Matt, Space Matt, time travel. Matt, I'm throwing it Doctor to you. Who. It's Doctor Who. So all four. So season whatever or uh phase four of the mcu is about legacy right it's all about the new guy who's the next captain america who's the next hawkeye what's wandavision do after what's the next vision so i feel like that's what loki will be is like 
Loki correcting his legacy of being a supervillain. And like, there will be all these Loki revenants. That, that's kind of what it seems like from the trailer. And like, girl Loki and kid Loki and probably the frog. Uh, although who knows how that will play out. But like, those will be different legacy versions of Loki that he has to deal with. I feel like that's what phase four is. And that's why I think Secret uh, Invasion, which we talked about, you know, a lot on this episode is such a good, would be such a good capstone to that, that um, phase is like Secret Invasion is all these guys you thought you could trust, you can't trust anymore. And then it's like, okay, well, we have all these new guys. We have all these like, you know, the junior characters, your Hawkeye Jr. and Captain America new, like those get to face off against maybe some of their mentors that have become evil or whatnot. Or you get your Dark Avengers where it's like, oh, this guy's kind of like Steve, but he's a little worse. And this one's like Spider-Man, but worse. And now we get the new versions of those. So yeah, I think it's all legacy. I think that's what, you know, Spider-Man where Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire hang out. It's all about being the new Spider-Man and like, I don't know. What else are they making in the future? Hawkeye, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi. Yep, that's the same kind of thing. Brand new legacy. I think there's an aesthetic of legacy there. Armor Wars, right? It's like, what's Captain, what's Tony Stark's legacy going to be like? Yeah, Eternals is, uh, the Eternals uh, is just about what if, what if Marvel got to make a movie written and directed by a person who won an Oscar? And that would be the marketing push <laughs> oh, for that entire and we, show. And, we, like, and we, we got um, we got Camille Nanjiani to get real swole. Yeah. So swole. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that the first MCU director that's won an Oscar? Uh, as a director? I mean, Brown has probably won an Oscar in something, but I don't know if it's as a director. Who did? I mean, that, I, I don't think that's true, right? Kenneth Branagh? He's won, won, he's won, 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 uh, won Oscars for writing. For writing, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any director. Yeah, he won winners. I'm trying to think. Okay, okay. Let's go through all of them. Who's the <laughs> best one? Well, no, Ryan Coogler. Didn't he win an Oscar for something? No, he, right? he was nominated a bunch. Nominated. Of also writing. Yeah. For Fruitvale Station, probably he was nominated. Yeah, there were some Creed nominations. Right. There. Yeah. Maybe Creed as well. All right, this is another I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're almost there. I think we got it oh, all. Did you know, Peyton Reed get nominated for Bring It On? Was that nominated? Who did? Kenneth Branagh has yeah. never won an Academy Award. Oh. Oh, I mean, we should have known that the Academy was bullshit then going into last weekend because Kenneth <laughs> Branagh has never won an award, so why would we expect them to make the right decision? Did anyone tonight? see his Hamlet? Pretty I'm sorry. <laughs> best fucking Hamlet, best Henry V. He's an absolute treasure. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart's the best character in any of those fucking... Harry Potter movies that I hate. No, he's he's great. I love them. You hate the Harry Potter movies? That's a podcast for another day. Uh, you know, I just I just appreciate trans rights and stuff. I don't know. I guess some of you guys are different. That's those are two no, different I, things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciating the Harry Potter movies and hating J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Two I'm, different things. This is this is the classic. This is how we talk on mostly nitpicking. Diggins will say. Like I'll say, Jax was my favorite character in Mortal Kombat, which this is that's not true. But I'll say no. that. And then Diggins will be like, I didn't really like Jax. And I'd be like, Yeah, you're right. Though single African American character probably wasn't worth it, right? And then he'll get really defensive and then that's the joke. But no, I mean you're all definitely um, you know, what's the word? Turfs, but for, for guys, do we have a word for that? No, I don't know. JK bad person. Yeah. <laughs> JK Rowling's a bad person cool. and uh he's awful. <clears throat> no, but and, um, uh Gilderoy Lockhart is amazing. That's all I got. So hot. I love that. Um 
<laughs> no, but Loki. Wait, um, with I think the interchange of the fonts of actual yeah. Loki, like four different things. Um, this isn't even my idea. I can't even pass it off as my own. I do I didn't know that it was going to be um, really about identity and him mm. in these certain different spaces, um, who he right. can become and who he feels comfortable being and sort of these roles that he's taking on. Oh, yeah. And I have to be honest with you. Do you think Loki is going to go beyond Loki series? Because I don't. Yes. And I feel like he's going to. I think there will be a. Clip the branches, whatever that he's doing. I think that he's, I think he's a one and done, but I could be very wrong. He's going to be beyonder. Oh. So if we're talking about like real predictions, this is a prediction I've I've got. They haven't really talked about too much. I think he is going to find a kid Loki and set it on the right path and put that in the MCU. Because Kid Loki is a big part of the Young Avengers, right? And I feel like he's going to get one and be like, you're cool. Here, don't make all the mistakes I made. You've seen all the evil me's and the old evil me and the girl evil me and whatever. And just be better than me. I feel like we're going to get more Loki, but it's not going to be Tom Hiddleston. It's going to be, you know, some sassy kid. Oh, uh, oh my God. Who is the sassy kid that I know who I thought was going to be in the show? I actually thought he was going to be the boy from uh, WandaVision. Um, But... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No. But it's um, Troy Savan. Uh, he's like a British singer. Uh, oh, Google. I know what you mean. I yeah. didn't spell it. Pronounce his name. T R O Y E S I V A N. I was gonna say I. I was like I googled all the Troys, but I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't spell the Troy <laughs> right. Troy McClure. I mean, this guy's got. You are so. Sad, yeah, he's got Matt sass Kelly. written all over him. So, <laughs> sure, this could be the guy. Yeah. I believe it. I, I think love I think we'll get yeah, I think we'll get a younger Loki and that'll be I love that. But we again, legacy, you know. I love it. So love guys, it. this was... I mean, we've talked about secret Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. It's fine. I was going to say we've talked about, you know, uh Secret Invasion, we've talked about Dark Adventures, we've talked about um the Thunderbolts, but I I do think that Young Avengers is the real end game of this yeah, universe. We, we, okay, we got Patriot good. here, and I think we're gonna get yeah. Kid Loki in that one, and that's gonna be like how we we really move forward. Yeah, um, we, and I mean yeah. Kang, right? There's a lot of Kang in that show, so those will be the two things that come out. We've talked about that. Uh, we started that in Wanda, middle of Wandavision. If w- once the kids got introduced, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah we can we can right. see, yeah. see we've been talking about that. So. Yeah, Guys, oh, this, so this good. has been a wild podcast. I'm glad this is the finale Ooh. of our horribly named podcast review series. I will not mention again. Um, Socially and the winter distance. I should never let you name Socially it. and the winter distant. It's awful. I'm going to use this as a credit from now on. <laughs> you should. I do, should. I do oh, it. Yeah. So, guys, let's plug, you know, uh, to our guests and everyone, let's plug where people can find you. Matt, you've got a lot of great stuff going on. Yes. Please plug your stuff. What I usually thank you so much. What I usually say is just Google Dandovi movies, pick whatever platform you like the most. And I'm probably there. YouTube is the main one, but also I love to tweet uh, an unhealthy amount, but like that's, you know, that par for the course. Um, I also have a podcast that I host with, like we were saying, DJ and Diggins. um, And we talk about, just like whatever the thing of the week is. And we're trying to take it to like, kind of make it a more structured thing. Uh, 
we'll see how this week goes because this week is really the proving ground considering Mortal Kombat is a movie that's just a list of fights. And it's really easy to be like, this guy fights this guy, this fight guys, uh, guy fights this guy, and then kind of move through it. Um, but yeah, it's called Mostly Nitpicking. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, gosh, yeah, I mean, that, that that's pretty much it. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, super happy to be here and finally get on the pod um i always i always feel bad because we don't have guests on my podcast because um i could barely contain the other two to uh co-hosts on it but um it's, it's nice it's, to be on another pod yeah i mean dj it's and tough, I go, man it's, dj it's, and i go way back <laughs> you we he and i went to the same and, and you had diggins in there yeah oh yeah. my god he was diggins, getting stuffed in lockers team. by nba players yeah it's a it's a great it's a great group and um and yeah but i'm I'm so happy that i was finally able to be on the show because um falcon winter soldier is definitely something that i've had a lot of time to think about and especially because the sharon carter the theory that she is bad kind of came to fruition i feel like it's been it's been a little bit vindicating um but also we'll we'll see how it plays out overall but i guess that means that's like a way to say everyone watch every single one of my videos because eventually maybe someday they'll become relevant you know like maybe that will be the secret villain in the show you didn't even think could be could be there um, yeah matt's got a ton of stuff that's all i got and i'm making a video star wars yeah i got a video about this coming up like tomorrow uh, when when do we when do we release these is it like uh, we, do, we drop every after? thursday Okay, yeah. So probably the day before this came out, I'll have my Falcon and the Winter Soldier like kind of not like change video out, but I think they should have. I think John should have killed Carly in episode four, and then that <clears> should have been why the organization spun off into oblivion in episodes five and six. And I think it would have been a really like big kind of. And, and I think then everything bad that happens in five and six would have been John Walker's fault, uh, which I think is the legacy that he should maintain throughout the show. But anyway, so I, I make a better case for that in a 13 or 14 minute long video that you can find at Nando view movies uh, on YouTube. Uh, Matt, so, thank you so much, of cheers. course. And thank you. And if anyone who ever enjoys the pop break, just going on there, remember that Matt is the architect of the way that whole site runs and works. So Matt, as always, thank you so much for doing that, man. That was a Herculean effort that you didn't. Oh, of course. Time. So Ryan Barry, those were, man, those were the days. Yeah, <laughs> back in back in Comic Con when we could go to stuff and you know when, when Comic Con gave best. us gave us passes and they let us do stuff, and and now they it's just decided. Just, I know. So Ryan Barry, you all American sparkly boy. It's been so <laughs> awesome having you on this podcast. Um, where can thank you, Build a Bear. Thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you, son. Um, where can people find you on social media and plug any events you have coming up? Uh, okay. I have zero events because I'm very well, non-busy. Thank you. Yourself. That was an attack. Um, <laughs> if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram at Ryan Berry was only joking or alternatively, if you want to follow the hotter Ryan Berry <laughs> at Mr. Ryan Berry, on Instagram. Wow. You have definitely what's he where where's he where's he up to right now? See you know what flouting coded protocols. COVID protocols. Jesus Christ. He's busy with his eight pack abs and just doing his thing. That's a world I don't understand. Yeah. God. It's like a different path, but whatever. But I had so much fun on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 
it was an honor. When we do our Modoc episode, you're definitely coming back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because oh my it, god, get me back for that too. I I love this, be, this is what's you're in. You're love in. me some Modoc. This for the, the this this crew is back for the Modoc podcast in a few weeks. Yeah, we'll talk about this out off the show, but yeah, I got Modoc. Oh my god, Al, just plug your plug the stuff that you do. Okay, I am at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I was posting once a day on Instagram from my archives every day for 365 days and then immediately gave up after 100 days because I decided Instagram is terrible. It's just a terrible garbage app. So follow me on Twitter. I'm not doing much, but you know, honestly, the real thing that you should be doing is going on the popbreak.com and following all the amazing content that's on there all i'm gonna now plug you in incredible podcast that, that bill will talk about at this moment right now if you must follow me on twitter and i don't know why you would it's mostly retweets of pop break and wrestling stuff it's mm-hmm. at bodkin writes w-r-i-t-e-s but most importantly check out the popbreak.com you know who came up with the name the popbreak.com matt nope. kelly because we used to be oh my pop god break. those were yeah, we, we watched the social network and get the wrong, like, we, we learned the wrong lesson. You did the opposite. Add the thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's better than the dash because no one ever remembered that. Um, so, yeah, check out thepopbreak.com. Every single day we're talking film, music, television, anime, digital trends, uh, comic books, pro wrestling. Every single day we have an amazing podcast network. Of course, you're following this. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor, as well as our hubs pop break tv and the Breakcast, and the winner still is which is a, a retrospective oscar, oscar podcast hosted by matt taylor and marissa carpico which is going to be debuting its third season this spring we just wrapped on the the third season of uh the way too early oscar podcast uh which was basically obviously you could tell it was just we start really early right after the oscars and up until the day of the night after the night of, I should say, of the ceremony, talking about Oscars. Of course, that's Matt and Marissa again. Check all those people, all those podcasts out on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. I host a wrestling podcast called This Wrestling Life, a podcast with my co-host, comedian Melissa Jobin. We are heading into our first official episode uh, next week, uh, if Melissa is up to it. If not, it will be myself and a special guest. And then most will join us on the third episode at the end of the month. Of course, check out Pop Break on Twitter at the Pop Break, on Instagram at the Pop Break, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. And so for Matt Kelly, Al Manorino, and the glorious Ryan Barry, thank you so much for joining us for this Falcon and Winter Soldier review series.